Yo, 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 yo. Oh, choice where you sit up. Yeah, so. That's the right one. Good stuff. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, mate. Happy days. If you just kind of push that around a bit. Sweet. Bloody oath, Ryan. How long have you been home for? Uh, got back Wednesday, so yeah, flew up from uh, from Nelson, uh, from Nelson, and yeah, back to the old stomping grounds and visit <laughs> the old man helping out on the farm. So S- straight into um, what do we got here, mate? That's water. We we fizzy water, is it? We fizzy water. Oh, nice. We actually um had a few wines out on the, the uh, concrete deck there and one of these low sugar apple cider because mm. I know you'll be watching your figure uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that anyway eh? oh yum hopefully now that scapegoat sure. haven't seen these before you know in the local countdown <laughs> smells, like, smells like your old rotten apples that have been sitting in the old gutters for a wee bit, eh? <laughs> well, well, those ones, orchard thieves, eh? That's basically, mm. basically, well, that's what, basically what that is. Not a big cider man, but that's good, eh? Yeah, yeah, oh well. Sure. Don't mind that. We'll do all right. That's basically what driving through Hawke's Bay smells like, eh? It just smells like cider. All the apples. Yeah, yeah. So the old man's, you know. Straight into milking the cows. Yeah, straight into milking the cows. To be honest, I've only it was my first milking today actually. Yeah. Um, getting back into it. So uh yeah, been helping out a wee bit just in and around the farm and just been up with the cousins and aunties and uncles and stuff, a few Christmas things over the weekend. So Yeah. Yeah, just got back home today and then yeah, milk this afternoon and got the job done and then yeah, bike here. So how many are on the farm? Uh staff or cows? <laughs> cows. <laughs> <laughs> uh not many staff and was about just over 500 cows at the moment, five things split calving, so uh, milking all year round, and yeah, so make the big bucks in the winter. So, town supply, <laughs> <laughs> shit, yeah, so nah, it's all good, mate. Do you still own some? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple actually. Um, shit, we just had a herd test the other week, and dad's got this family, it's, he calls it the freak family, mm. and um, and kind of like his top cows, and he's been breeding off them quite a bit. and I got this one cow in particular that I bought from Minesville to Minesville's what you call a Minesville special, you know, just bit of, bit of a drag and. Um, <laughs> so so it's, it's a a special cow. Yeah, like a little bit special, um, <laughs> and um, and then bred off her a couple of generations, and uh, yeah, um, one of her granddaughters has actually uh, just toppled some of Dad's cows in the in the last herd test. So uh, yeah, yeah, got one up on him there already. So. Nah, they're going a ride, eh? A couple of them, and yeah, a couple of donkeys I've had to send off on the cow truck last couple of weeks, actually. But apart from that, going pretty well. So, so I don't really know what what's in the herd test. What are you looking for, mate? Uh, you're looking for a high protein test, so high protein, high fat, really, which is which equals what a milk solid is, which is mm. what you get paid for. So, you've basically got protein and fat in in your milk, mm-hmm. and the rest of it's almost just water. Yeah. So, um, the more test you have. Um, in terms of protein and fat, the better. Yeah. Um, and also in volume. So um, it's done off your total milk solids. So a cat like at the moment, um, you know, the good girls are kind of doing between 2.2 and maybe 2.5 milk solids at the moment. Um, 
and that's based off a formula fat times protein times volume um, equals their milk solid so um, yeah you're looking for volume in that that aspect really so yeah yeah, yeah. So how does how does your sort of ownership of your cows work? Like, obviously you're on, they're on your old mate old man's farm. Like, you you own the cow, but how do you get paid for her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. Um, so it started off one day, and I kind of worked for you know six or so months, and didn't get paid at all for 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 any work. I oh, know I must have been about ten or something at the time, milking and rearing the calves and all of that, and then dad just gave me a calf and then you kind of you just rear it up with all the others you don't treat it any different really and rear it up with all the others and dad gets paid for all the milk so basically it's his cow but I own it Mm -hmm. so in terms of all the offspring um I own and I can sell I you know I can do whatever with but he gets all the money for the milk so that pays for its grazing kind of thing so we just cancel that out and basically it's you know, it's a win-win. You know, you you build numbers in your herd, and yeah, um, you don't have to lift a finger really. So, you get to choose the bulls that you breed over them, and yeah, cool. as long as he agrees, and yeah, happy days. <laughs> so, like as you said, this this uh, special one from Morrisville is doing quite well. Uh, what what happens if it's the flip side, and he says, Ryan, that cow's shit. It's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> then, then it goes to the works, and you get the works money for it. So. Um, he actually sent a couple off not that long ago and he, I think he got about 12 for them which actually isn't too bad for a few old bags off to the works but <laughs> um, yeah you know there's ups and downs to it so sometimes you get a couple of generations out of it and then if she doesn't get encalfed then you know most of the time those are the ones that end up going off to the works but mm-hmm. yeah so so you said you got that um, winter milking going on is is that a few that, that missed, missed the spring or yeah so it's ideal for for your cows that kind of don't get in calf through the spring and then you can actually just keep milking them through for another couple of months get them in calf for the autumn calving mm. following so that you basically end up milking them for like 18 months Oof. or well it's, you, you milk them for about 12 months but the cycle is 18 months for mm-hmm. them because um, they kind of miss half a cycle um, before they get back in calf so because um, you know in most circumstances you'd you'd actually send those cows either off on the cow truck or you have to just dry them off and hold on to them for a yeah. whole whole season without milking them and they even grass so <laughs> costing you money whereas you know with a split carving it that's the perks so that you can keep those cows on and keep milking them for that extra couple of months then get them in calf for the following yeah. mating so so you guys just giving them one cycle to get in calf uh two cycles two cycles okay and then the bulls go out and then if they're still empty yeah then we'll milk them through if 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 we're going to keep them uh we'll milk them through and then try and get them in calf for the following calving whether it's spring or autumn mm-hmm. depends uh, what time of the year that is so Oof. yeah and um, so, so how tight's the calving period uh jesus that's usually oh you always have a couple of cows floating around at the end there and kind of mid-september but um start of june it's usually heifers calving down about start of june june july august so like oh it's like two months or two and a half three months really um, yep. in the spring autumns are a bit shorter they've kind of i think we only give them one cycle and then put the bulls out so yeah um yeah well it's kind of their second chance isn't it yeah yeah second chance <laughs> charlie yeah <laughs> sponsored by two degrees but um yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. well fuck you you would tell me just before that might almost be you mate second chance charlie using <laughs> oh, the tv shit, show mate. to get a contract bro <laughs> just about far out <laughs> Yeah, day one battler, eh? Day one battler. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so, 
here I was thinking that you'd be going to Sydney to play the Waratahs and defend your name on um, Isaac John's podcast, but, you, mate, you're going to have to pay for your own flight to get over there to defend your name. Yeah, I know. Come on, Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a shout-out, like, top five hottest guys in Toke, surely. I don't mean, look at him. He's a specimen. Yeah, no, the... They went for the skinny boys, the typical rugby league guys, eh? They went for the skinny boys, not not the ones doing the job. Yeah, they, they've gone for the old shredded, chiselled rigs of the rugby league boys, like not the classic, you know, burly, burly rugby union guys, but hey, it's all good. I've been doing upper body for the last 12 weeks, so, you know, like the pins are looking a little bit narrow at the moment, but, you know, hopefully the, the old sleeve's looking a bit bigger, but yeah. yeah. So what's the motivation, rhythm and vines, or... Bay Dreams now, son, what, what's going on? <laughs> no, neither, actually, neither, mate. Just, uh, just get, you know... Bit bigger on the old upper body and yeah, just bench three times a week and uh, nah, um, just get back on the field fitter, faster, bigger, stronger. Really, so um, when I get back in April from uh, from my ankle injury, then yeah, just hopefully just be you know an absolute beast on the field. So beast mode, beast um, mode. Yeah, no, just get the body good nick for that and yeah, ready to go. So yeah. so what did you do to yourself? Uh, broken ankle. So basically playing rugby that way. Yeah, yeah. Playing, playing for Tasman against Waikato was it about oh, round three it. I think so yeah um, yeah I actually uh, spiral fracture up the should I always get these wrong up the fibula smaller one and displaced the tibula so tib was sitting outside the ankle joint kind of thing so it was kind of like dislocated and spiral fracture up the fib so um, I had to put a plate in that um, and a few screws and then tight wrap between the tib and the fib pull it back together and stitch it all back up <laughs> oh it's actually staples this one but yeah no nah, it's um it's feeling pretty good and yeah out of my moon boot i think it was about three four weeks ago now so yeah yeah moving around and you know calf raises like i eat calf raises breakfast lunch and dinner at the moment so yeah um yeah. in the kitchen bench cutting onions you calf raising in the couch you're putting the cups on your calf raising like yeah. in the gym squatting your calf raising like so nah it's all good mate there we go um what was his name farm fit Calf raises while putting the cups on. Yeah, shit, yeah. And then he gets up the end and, and does a few. Although, what sort of shit he got? You on hairy bone? Yeah, hairy bone. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you get up the end and do a few dips and a few chin ups. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't do chin ups, mate. The old, the old pipes up above us. <laughs> <laughs> not strong enough for this reggae. No. I used to get away with it when I was about 100 clicks, but yeah, nah, not anymore. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, it's good. Oh, far out. So, like, what's, what's the rehab been like? Just, you have to hang, hang around the team and. Yeah, so through you probably you probably must have got team man of the year this year, right? With those sunglasses, <laughs> supporter of the year, maybe. No, nah, almost. I just got given the most shit of the year. There. <laughs> um, so no, nah, no, nah, I couldn't do too much actually. I was just so I was in a in my soft cast for or in my cast for a couple of weeks out of surgery, and then from there into the moon boot, um, and I couldn't do any like as, as such rehab on on that stuff. I could only do a bit of quad and glute work on on like you know, what do you call it resistance band work and stuff mm-hmm. on on my crook side and then um just heaps of upper body and bit off feet conditioning and that was about it so um yeah hung around the team with tasman till the end of the season and helped out wherever i could there and you know just kind of get the off field just culture kick going and, i was about to say that it looked um, like you weren't far from making sure the beverages were on hand oh yeah 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 no always full always full um <laughs> so yeah can't can't be seen with an empty vessel mate but um so yeah and then um obviously after the season finished i was starting to get into my rehab about then and um getting the ankle moving and the calf going so mm-hmm. um yeah starting to get into a lot of run tech the last couple of weeks so um Te- as in technique yeah like your so-called a march b march yep, yep. foot patterns, um that kind of stuff so i'm um, trying to just build up that well, oh, 
I'm used to the words of this shit, but the old fucking um, oh, what do you call it? Like your resistance on, yep. on like the ground shock, like as in stomping your foot without giving way, kind of thing, un- under mm-hmm. the tension. Mm-hmm. So um, you know your calf raises build all of that, all that tolerance up, and then being able to um, build up that resistance. We, we would be proud of you, mate. Hey, Martin. <laughs> oh yeah, mate. Hundred <laughs> percent. So um, you talked to Sharan. Um, did, has he sort of given you a bit of Ben Patrick knees over toes, getting getting some Patrick step ups going? Like, yeah, no, I, he hasn't actually. But yeah, no, I had a good yarn with Sharan. But um, nah, so yeah, been working on the old mobility a wee bit, and um, yeah. I've usually always had pretty good mobility in my ankles and whatnot. It's because there's not much there, so um, you know you can kind of move in any direction. But uh, yeah, nah, it's uh, it's going pretty well. So yeah, yeah. And uh, any any sort of super science going on? Nobody's putting electric shocks on your quads to keep them big. No, just some of those Fijian leaves. Whatever, <laughs> oh yeah, it was, yeah a few, a few well, of those things. That caught up Waisaki's uncle, <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. A few relatives over in Fiji sort me out. Eh? I'll it was be a, back on the field in January, not not April, mate. But yeah, that uh, was amazing. That, that recovery he had, hey. Yeah, shit, yeah. But no, nah, I wish, I wish. So no, it's doing the old school way and just doing it, doing it once, doing it right. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, it's going to come back bigger, faster, stronger than uh, than the other calf. So, yeah. yeah. So how long? How long you had Nelson now? Three, um, three years, four years? Uh, five. So I've just finished, it out. <laughs> just, just finished my fifth season with the matches, but yeah, um, only played the two games this year. I've had a couple of seasons like that, but um, yeah, no, nah, it's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, and mm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just been almost turning point in the last couple of months. You're kind of like, fuck, well, you know, he's got to do everything right now to kind of get your body right so that you can't get injured like you know it's kind of you just go about your business when you're young and you're like mm. oh, I think you're invincible and stuff but you know you start to learn your lessons when if you're not ready to play footy that's when you get injured so do you Shit. apparently apparently <laughs> <laughs> especially running into some of the guys that we run into but <laughs> yeah so uh, the game that you injured yourself did you just win that now we got pumped. Oh. Um, so that brings me on to my next question: How is Chucky um, losing to his brother twice? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, uh, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he'll never hear the end of it, and um, and yeah, he'll never hear the end of it. Much like myself, my like, I, I think the only one that was on my side out of all my family was my mum. <laughs> she was the only only one cheering for uh, Tasman because. Uh, Everyone else, me family, me uncles, me grandparents, they're all Waikato through and through. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, none of them were going for Tasman. Not that game and nor the final. So, um, yeah. No, I guess I guess at least with the, the Norris. Yeah, at least with the Norrises, like, their parents live in, in Bar Plenty, so they can be semi-neutral. But, oh, losing to your younger brother, buddy, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah for sure. It's, it's not the one, eh? It's yeah. not the one. But, yeah, we got pumped there. And then, obviously... Uh, the close one in the final at Waikato Stadium there is, um, yeah, tough on a swallow, but, you know, at the end of the day, they scored more points, and that's how you win a rugby game, so, and they did well. It is, and, it is. You know, some good defence, and, and uh, yeah, you know, we'll just take that one on the chin and move <laughs> on. <laughs> so, so what's uh, what's the finest attraction of Nelson? <sighs> we were actually talking about this last night, that, you know, um, one of the boats was complaining about Nelson... Uh, what, what, Who was that? What was his issue? Can't oh, I can't remember. It was something pathetic, and then he confessed that he was only there for a day, 
and I'm like, <laughs> his whole his whole white experience cloud, clouded his impression of Nelson. But uh, I've, I've I've managed to spend a little bit of time in Nelson, a couple of swimming carnivals and summer holiday there at uh, at the beach, Tahuna yeah, Campground. Yeah, 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 yeah. First of all, then, what's your opinion on Nelson? Oh, before I it's, uh, take it away, you know, sunny. That they were they're always trying to have a battle with um with Hawks Bay about around Sunshine Capitals. <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah. we all know the truth that actually Invercargill, due to its latitude, gets the most sunshine. So, you know, we'll put that to bed. Yeah, I, I think Shadbolt probably, you know, he's put someone in the water around that one, like the people down there, but that's all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the old, um, um, stayed at Mapua campground there. So oh, yeah. got a few eyeballs while we're walking around the campgrounds. Yeah, that's a dodgy campground. <laughs> you know, don't go there, eh? There's some weird people down there, eh? Yeah. Like, Ate at the smokehouse. That was bloody delicious, actually. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the yeah. one in... Um, at Ma- there? Uh, at, at Mapo. Ma- oh. Oh. oh, yeah, the smoke, the smokehouse fish and chip shop, whatever yeah. it is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Only yeah, trouble was well. we've been kayaking around the estuary, which, geez, don't go there on the change of tide. You'll end up out in, out yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, the currents are that, much, that big there, eh? Yeah, but I had itchy ass the whole time. I was very <laughs> distracted. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get up to the night before? No, it was just <laughs> wet bum, wet bum, sitting, yeah, on, yeah. sitting on a wooden seat. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nelson's pretty unreal, eh? It's... You know, quite a small small city. I think it's a population about forty or fifty thousand, and mm. it's pretty spread out along the coastline. There, it's um, I don't know, real in terms of the rugby scene and stuff, like real community vibe, and everyone gets in behind. How Tassie, wide like, does it go? Uh, it probably takes you. Do you go to Reefton and stuff like that? No, 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 shit, no, no. But like in terms of the area of like the city and everything, you know, it goes from Ottawa out to Richmond there, yeah, and then out to Brightwater, um, and then. Yeah, I oh know. We'll take without traffic, you know, twenty minutes from one side to the other, and but you know, it only goes a couple of k back onto the hills because it's all built across the hills there. And um, oh, excuse me, shit. Um, and then bubbles, um, yeah, a few bubbles in the old cider. Thanks, mate. And then um, yeah, but no, it's just an awesome wee. I oh know coastal city. It's kind of like, in a way, like a bit like the Mount, but just on a way, way smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just with the beach there and the water, it's just so relaxing and just chilly vibes. Eh, but because yeah, not really waves there, eh? No, no. Oh, like, <laughs> you can you can go out the Boulder Bank and surf out there. Well, I'm no no surfer myself. Like yeah. getting this rig up on a board, good luck. Um, but um, yeah, the beach itself it's also sheltered. Like awesome for the kids. Not that I have kids, but you know, yeah. like if you have kids, then awesome take them down there, radi ra. But like, um, and it's all good to go down there for a swim post training and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. It's quite nice. So, um, oh no, it's just it's just a pretty relaxing kind of a, a city and place to live and. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty choice, so easy to get around. So, yeah. do, you, do you go to like uh, Motueka and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Head out to Martin, out to Kaiteri there. Yeah, that's what I say, Kaiteri. That's yeah. a hell of a beach. Yeah, it's quite nice out there. Eh? Quite like little Kaiteri, the the wee beach yeah. off to the side there. Wee bit better, easier to like swim in and but nicer and stuff. I reckon, eh? But um, yeah, both are quite nice and um, yeah, spend a bit of time out Ruby Bay and Rabbit Island as well. Yeah. Like a couple of nice spots out there. So yeah, nah, it's all good. Eh? And then you've got Cable Bay down the other end. Um, on your way to Blenheim there okay. Cable Bay up that way is not a bad wee spot and a couple of walks up, up the hill there as well you know walk, walk up hill dear. Uh, I don't no, no, <laughs> no, no I, I crawl up the hill yeah, yeah. Um, even when I'm fit yeah. Um, yeah, so, is, so. That, is that the uh, pre-season killer up the hill is it uh, I've only done it once done it once uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> not your scene no, no not really I'd rather just park up with a box of beer down the bottom actually and yeah. uh, once you're in house walk up there but no no due to go back up there again it's I think it takes about 50 odd minutes 45 minutes and it's just straight uphill 
Yeah. Um, nah, it's pretty wicked views up there. Not a bad wee spot. So good for a picnic or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, take nice. a few babies up there. <laughs> Who are the uh, surfy boys? Um, I don't think too many of the boys in the team are oh, n- not really any of the guys surf during the season, but they always um, oh, Hunty and Nank and. Quinn and Bruce, they always uh, got the old binos out, yeah. having a wee look, seeing who's uh, cutting a few shapes on the old water <laughs> um, when the surf's up. But, Chucky, um, Chucky doesn't surf? I don't think so. He probably tries. Like, I saw a wee Instagram story of, uh, was it him and Ollie the other day, actually down at the mount with a surfboard, and I was like, mate, neither of you. For the gram. On, yeah, for the gram. Like, neither <laughs> are you getting up on that surfboard. Like, surely it's just a paddleboard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think there are too many surfers, but. I think Hunty's a bit of a surfer. Yeah. Um, down Dunners. Wouldn't know, actually. Uh, unsure. 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 Yeah. yeah. So uh, you and I went for a wander around uh, Te Tapui, eh? Tried to find a fellow. Yeah, that's right. We were waiting for uh, Toddy Dolan for an hour, though, weren't we? Yeah, that was after I turned up an hour late. So, um, yeah. Now that cut into our morning. I had a big night the night before and severely hungover. Yeah, um, and we waited for Toddy and... Tony Dolan never showed. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But that was all right. Um, that was a while ago now. Shit, was that? That would have been about five years ago. Uh, what am I now? 24? Would have been 19? 18, even. I think it was your first season out. A good five or six years ago then. Shit, yeah. That was, I remember that though. It was, <laughs> was a good stroll. Yeah. Good stroll through the bush. <laughs> good, good way to sweat out the night before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit, yeah. I paid that first couple of hours of that walk, that's for sure. I was not well. I was just. Hands on the knees in a couple of corners, just planning to get one out. But it was it was just lucky I'd been there before and got completely lost because um, I got to see quite a fair amount of that block that first time I went in there. So when the second time we went in there, I was like, "Oh, we're going to go there, and I guess we can walk along here." And it turned out all right. So yeah, yeah, no, nah, it was all good. If I went there by myself, mate, I was not coming out. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, nah, that was a good walk out. Yeah. It was um, yeah, unfortunately didn't see anything, but um, you know, you, you, you used to head up to Mira a little bit, though, eh? Yeah, yeah, went up. Oh, I've been up there a couple of times, and then also down Porirua's. Um, yeah, been down down into the hut there for a few overnighters uh, with my wee cousin, and um, yeah. But um, where was where else did I go? Down. Um, oh, I had a wee farm, a couple of mates' farms down like Arapini Way, and um, shit. What's the place on the other side of the bridge there? Um, Go over, from Arapuni, head over the bridge, hang a left. Nah, you're telling me, mate. Oh, well, I'm trying to, I just can't. Um, yeah, a couple of farms down there, we've picked up a couple on the on the back of the bush, but yeah, no, I haven't, had, haven't actually shot anything in the bush as such yet, so yeah, yeah. yeah but it's been a while since been out, so yeah. yeah. And what, all the boys chase pigs down? down. Yeah, yeah, a few of the boys t- chase the pigs, but actually uh, a couple of the guys just went out. Uh, last weekend actually or last week um, Nanky shot a wee wee spiker actually down they're down Christchurch way and I think it was him Hunty Davy and Red or something were out and yeah, uh, yeah nice wee shots or a wee video of that so uh, yeah there's a few of the boys do get out for for a wee uh, deer hunt down there but um, been out for a couple but yeah no luck down there with a few of the club boys down there but yeah Jeez, you got a little quite a lot of Hotapu connections there in yeah, there is a yeah um, young Alex Nankerville yeah yeah he's a good Hotap man and uh, yeah myself him and Chucky like you know when we played that Waikato game there was a lot of Hotap boys on that field lot mm-hmm. and even a couple of Hotap boys that weren't there it was um, you know it's good for the club good to see you eh? so yeah so how did you end up there like 
obviously Seraph wasn't playing that first season, but you mean at Halter? Yeah, just um, from St Peter's or what was the game? Yeah, just just connection from St Peter's really. So um, I played a handful of games for uh, Toke Surf when I was still at school. So I'd play like a school game on the Friday, and then I'd roll like <laughs> the first time I'd actually just rolled up to watch the surf guys on the Saturday and. I still had my rugby bag. I'd just, just been picked up from uh, from the bus stop on the way back from, I think it was a Rathkill or something like that, down Masterton Ways. We played them on a Friday and come back on the bus and the old man, had, we, we'd gone down to watch the seniors play and then um, you got roped into playing um, a game there and, you know, bodies to waken. And then from there, ended up playing, uh, must have been four or five games for them, four games or something. Yeah. Um, so they just give you a dispensation, or just nobody asked, or <laughs> nobody asked. Um, you know, it, it, it's toke. So um, yeah, and played a few games. I actually had um, had a game against uh, Subus and played against Ben Tamiafuna. Um, so that was uh, shit. That was funny. Eh? Um, you know, I, I looked up to him as a kid, even when I was at school and and stuff. And you know, he's a bit of a beast. And yeah, when I heard he wasn't playing for Chiefs that weekend, coming back from injury and played a game for suburbs and um because that would have been div one right yeah yeah Div yeah. one so it wasn't prems just div one yeah. and um and yeah he turned up five minutes for the game like no warm-up just boots on straight onto the field and just hisses eh? and um yeah i think he played 80 minutes or he had a wee break in the middle there somewhere um and then um did he play prop or did he play like number eight no nah, yeah, he played prop he played tight head and i played loose head and um oh, wow. so i had a few scrums against him at the end day but he's just toying with me he's playing games like he's just sitting on me basically and if he wanted to go he could have gone and mm. you know uh given me one but um yeah and then um the next day we actually had our chiefs under 18s camp and uh and he and he was coaching the the Ford uh the props doing scrum tech stuff with us so yeah um yeah when he rolled up and he so what the fuck are you here so yesterday yeah um so it was pretty funny eh? you're like um, yeah i'm a school kid <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm still at school mate like you know relax but um so that was pretty funny eh? but um no he's a good lad he's a good lad and yeah, had a good time at Toke there, and then yeah, just through St Peter's connections, he ended up at Haltep. Really, like it's kind of we'd, we'd go down and watch the Haltep guys. Yeah, um, play after we played our school game and stuff like that, and support them. And then yeah, heaps of the guys were going there, and so you know, you know, for your mates going there, it's often often when you'll go. So so is that Kiddy? Yeah, Sam Kidd. Who else was going there? Um, DJ was going there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and then a few guys from the year before were there as well. Um, so and then yeah quite a few and Dougie was coaching there a wee bit as well I think yep. Andrew Douglas um, so he's happening out there a bit and yeah so no it was all good but just you know love watching them play so I was just uh, easy being up in Hamilton don't have to like as opposed to tote driving back and training yeah. and playing it's a bit of a hassle but hopefully uh, Don the colours for probably both teams hopefully again sometime in the future so yeah um, yeah yeah nice nice so you said like Ben came along and gave you a few pointers um, looking back on under eighteen, propping like how much have you learned, and where do, where's the main learning of being a prop? Jeez, I don't know where to start with that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's probably like teaching out a baby to walk, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, nah. So were you a baby at eighteen? Do you think? Yeah, I was still a baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, didn't have a moustache at eighteen. <laughs> well, we went out. I, I had one, but was wasn't allowed one. You know, at school, so yeah. it's pretty strict shaving rules there. Um, no, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of work that we did at that camp, I remember we did a lot of setup work. So, like, um, just just basically on balance and and your setup process and stuff like that. Like finding 
finding a process that works for you like you know just basically more so mental cues to like so that you're ready to scrum and so that by the time you get to like bind or mm-hmm. um, shit I don't know if we're at bind at that stage it might have still been <laughs> no nah, it must have been crouch bind pause engage or something I don't know Yeah. Um, but like basically by the time you get to bind you know you're ready to scrum and you're, you've actually almost already won the scrum before you, you actually engage mm-hmm. like you've manipulated your opposition just in the crouch and bind process so that you so that you've already got an upper hand basically so just yeah just finding a process that works for you and kind of you know and then from there once you've got a process then you then you adjust that and change that as you go mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that was one thing that i'd you know ticked off at, at that at that camp that week and uh yeah just built on that from there so yeah it's a dark arts eh? like i remember even Kurt Eklund before he was playing for Auckland when we used to play sevens against each other he'd get in the scrum and he'd just move his head like the slightest or move his shoulder just the slightest and he'd just turn you around and I'm like what are you, what are you even doing and then playing at Christchurch Tim mm. Berry I don't know why was picking <laughs> picking against him but he, he was the same thing he just like moved his moved an ear moved his jaw <laughs> and I was like what yeah. is what is going on <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot more to it than just like fold in and just hit each other and go for it like He's so is it. there like um, like you see the scrum set on the TV, especially if there's spider cam or something, and it looks like it's pretty solid, like it's not moving. But is there just like a whole bunch of torsional force going on? Yeah, basically, like you're you're absolutely like you know you get to the stage in a scrum sometimes where your eyeballs are just about to pop out, like you've got like blood vessels bursting <laughs> and stuff. Like you know, like I think oh, I had a couple of scrums my second year at Tassie maybe, and. Um, Against, uh, might have been against like Tyrell or something like that, and you know, and you're, you're honestly like popping blood vessels and stuff, like, and you're almost fainting in the scrum because you're just pushing that hard, and yeah. there's that much tension, and you 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 don't actually like breathe as such when you're when you're in the scrum, you're almost holding your breath for that whole time, and um, you know, like even though sometimes it's like looks like a whole stale mate, like yeah, you're, you're pushing your guts out and they're pushing their guts out. It's like when you get caught at the bottom of a squat in the squat rack or something and you just can't move it. Like It's that kind of feeling. Like You're trying as hard as you can to move that weight, but it's just not moving. Mm-hmm. So it's just like that for a good five, sometimes ten seconds. But, yeah. Yeah. On the breath, I wonder what, um, wonder what sort of secrets uh, Nigel Beach has given Cody Taylor. Is the, is the hooker under the same sort of force? Yeah, pretty similar. Yeah. Um, not quite the same, but pretty similar. Been a while since I played hooker to be fair, <laughs> except for a club, and that's you know that, that's club. But um, yeah, they're under like obviously a lot of the time. Sometimes you'll see, especially when playing playing against um, the likes of like South Africa and stuff, like they'll try and stand your hooker up and and whatnot. And so like a, a lot so of so that's time, two but, props pinning or the prop and hooker pinning. Uh, it's often the tight head and the hooker pinning the hook uh, pinning the opposition hooker. Yeah, and so like you know he get put under that much pressure that he has to lift his head out of the scrum, and you'll see him stand up, and and you know he's the one standing up, and the props are like then stand up after kind of thing, just because there's that much pressure going on. He's got no other option, otherwise you'll you know bend in half. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're they're quite often under a fair bit of heat as well, and they actually do like you know most of the manipulating in the scrum mm-hmm. um, being in the middle of, middle of it and you know it's pretty hard to have a good scrum without a good hooker like yes yeah. you know massive part and of the both, game both so. locks are going through him do we yeah 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 so yeah. they got 
because uh, it's got two locked shoulders on them. They're, yeah, because they're, they're bound to you guys, eh? And yeah, so locks hid between, obviously, the hooker and the prop on both sides, so they got a shoulder on Yeah, the hooker and the prop on each side, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I hate it now, eh? Yeah, no, I did, did not really get introduced to that playing Northern Rivers lock. That was, a, that was the most hilarious thing when we were to Australia, eh? After standing around the locks of Sam Kidd. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. getting over to Australia, the coach being like, oh, every good flank is a good lock, and I was just like... Are you talking about me? Six foot. And then I went and stood in the huddle and then I was like, Oh now I see what you're talking about. Like no one was taller. Really? And so I had to play lock. Oh shit. I think that's just because I knew how to jump. And that I wasn't even that good at jumping. <laughs> well you had a few good jumping options at Howtap there, you know, you're always a safe option there. You can always get off the deck and I oh, trust that you ain't gonna give me one in the old ghoulies eh? sure. <laughs> Well that took a lot of learning. I think, I think nothing worse, eh? Absolutely nothing worse <laughs> as a prop lot. Lifting a lock, especially a young lot or even a loose that hasn't jumped before and their leg just comes flying back at you or kicks you in the in the bloody nuts and oh. Yeah. Now I made sure I watched plenty of uh like Sam Whitelock rugby coaching videos and uh, Victor Matfield had had a really good series on, on jumping. Yeah, and just like pat, you know, you're talking about like that rebound force off your ankles, patting off the ground. That was yeah, the same yeah, thing, yeah. like jumping straight up. Yeah, so by the by the time uh, you got to lift me, mate, I <laughs> <laughs> refined it a little. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. studying. So that's pretty hilarious that you're a genuine lock over an Aussie, though. Like, oh, just mate, a, just six in the foot tallest and <laughs> <laughs> just in Northern Rivers, eh? It's it's a sketchy competition. Um, not helped by some rather sketchy referees which as you know I, I love sketchy referees they're, they're my favourite types of people <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah, I'd like to say the same but 99% of the time they're not on my side so yeah 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 yeah. so um, how, how have you found that element like um, when it gets pretty serious you know pro- provincial stuff keeping your mouth shut <laughs> it's pretty hard sometimes you know I like to have a bit of yarn on the field sometimes whether it's you know, with the old prop having a wee laugh or with the ref like, I'm pretty I know I switch in and out quite a lot on the field, like you know, basically when the whistle's gone and time's off, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you almost switch off a little bit, um, and you know, give yourself that mental break and lighten up a little bit. And yeah, sometimes I have a little laugh or whatever and whatnot. But yeah, um, yeah, no. Nah, sometimes you just need to shut up and get to work. <laughs> eh? Like, it's um, especially in, the, in your younger years. It's um, yeah, no, it's something you need to learn pretty quickly. Sometimes, eh? <laughs> pretty <laughs> funny though. So, so you said to me about going to live with Ethan. Um, d- did you have much to do with Lashy while you were down there? Yeah, yeah. So I, oh, when was it? I think I met him, met Lashy when he was living with Ethan Blackadder in my first year down there, I think it was. They were flooding together. And um, and so I just naturally met um, Lashy that way. Um, and then he was involved with us a little bit, like kind of he'd come and ref our trainings and stuff like that sometimes and help yep. out there a little bit. And so... Um, got to know him he's a good bastard eh? he's good value so um, yeah and then he's obviously probably the best local uh, local referee and um, done a bit of Mauritian over in America and obviously club comp for multiple years down in Nelson so mm-hmm. um, yeah but you know you can always have a bit of a joke with him on the field but sometimes you just need to shut up as well otherwise he just keeps picking you yeah um, so yeah and I, and I suppose like as, as the front row you do engage a lot with 
with the referee, especially if the scrum's being reset or whatever. You know, there's three three of you on each side with an opinion of what went wrong, and, and then the guy yeah. that the guy with the whistle. Um, <laughs> how, do, how does how do you sort of hold your tongue on that? Oh no, I don't know. You just got to try and get the ref on your side at the start. I eh? kind of when you when the ref comes in the changing sheds and gets front rows together because well, you, you like get that. an opportunity before the game. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes you. Like oh, you know, you always shake their hand and say, you know, g'day, whatever their name is, like Lashy or whatever, and have we yarn to them or whatever. If it's if it's club, you often have a yarn to them beforehand, and you know, pretty lot chat or you know, mitre. Then um, you don't say a hell of a lot, but um, yeah, I don't know you try and have a joke here or there every now and again, and just you know, try, try and be the lighter fellow out yep. a lot and get them on your side, not yeah. be too serious, but yeah. nice, nice. So, do you have a mentor? A mentor? Not really, nah. No. Um, I've had, well, coming through Tassie, I had Tim Perry and White Crockett there for a couple oh, of years. Wow. So, yeah. fuck, you can't really ask for two, like two better blokes to, you know, be like, well, you can, but, um, <laughs> like, you know, I didn't get fuck all game time, but, um, nah, it was all right. It was all good. So, I had both of them over a couple of years. Like, there's me and Crocky is basically playing loose head uh, for a couple of years there while he was there, and then Tim Perry as well when he, come back from ABs and played a few games or coming back from injury there um, so you know I've kind of looked up to both of them for, for the last wee while and um, had them there what was that um, both of them finished up 20 oh, what are we now 2019 I think they both finished up after we won the mm-hmm. won the premiership down in Nelson there so had them especially for those years of 2018 and 2019 was pretty special so you know always kind of looked up to Crocky as a kid when he was when he was scrumming him and uh, Tony Woodcock were you know like the two goats at, mm-hmm. um, of the time and did an absolute job um, so yeah they were kind of like you know your idols almost but haven't really had a, a proper mentor as such coming up but you know yeah, so what did you get out of playing with well playing under them shit I don't know you just kind of you don't really ask them too many questions you just kind of just watch and observe what they do eh? like you know, you, you don't go up and nag them all the time, whatever, like, it's just weird, like, <laughs> like, like, be that little kid, whatever, eh? like, fanboy, but nah, um, you just kind of, like, watch and observe what they do and how they go about their business and their process, and, um, yeah, I know, I, like, from Crocky as such, I got, got a lot around just his process and how he, like, his composure and scrum time and basically just how he prepares himself, like, mentally for a scrum, like, you know, like when he's packing down, he's 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 packing down to basically dominating, like you know, go to war mm-hmm. um, with the opposition um, as such. And like I don't know, you just kind of you kind of see it, eh? And um, yeah, just kind of in and around that, and his composure around it all. Like he's just an absolute beast. And like that man got in some ugly positions, but shit, he can scrum out of the mail. Like mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I don't know. Like it's pretty funny. Like he, he wouldn't gym as such. Once you start getting on in age, you kind of don't lift the big weights in the mm. gym all the time stuff like that you don't really kind of need to and you just don't kind of do it And but shit that man can just turn up and just hone out anyone eh? like mm-hmm. it was wicked so um, yeah kind of just being behind them and learning their process and how they go about business and you know getting a few pointers and stuff like that on the scrum sled after training each day and stuff was, was bloody helpful on the whole way eh? so yeah. gone a long way in, in terms of my career and my scrum sort of thing so yeah and so, like on the, on the scrum sled, is that just basically the biomechanics? Like, you know, put that put that foot slightly forward, bend that knee slightly more, drop that hip, lift that hip. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as a whole, yeah. That f- you know, for people that 
uh, from the outside looking in yeah basically kind of that's that's all it is so on the scrum sled which is just a single band scrum machine basically and you know you'll go you'll do a crouch bind uh, set on that and from that where the camera's out like the iPad's out and you'll watch you'll kind of see where you fire from because mm-hmm. sometimes it's uh, often easy for um, a bad habit to get into is when you're basically firing from your glutes as such or from your ass and your, your ass is coming up mm. when you fire and you want to be whereas you want to be firing straight through yeah um, so basically from the knees your knees should be going forward kind of thing um, as such when when you're like on a set um, into the scrum scrum sled and just helping you out with your setup and basically your process and just the whole the whole shebang but you know you'd micro down all those details mm-hmm. after training on scrum sleds so um, and they're pretty helpful in that regard so yeah and and how related like you said you're getting back into running technique how um, how much does those sort of lines of movement and, and things carry over into scrum or is it just completely different it's a fi- um, sort of fixed position but you want to be moving forward <laughs> same same but different um, well yeah if if my well, I'm not a big big scrummager like it's not like my forte but what well, it is but it's not like you know my um, what would you call it um, you know the one thing I can do around the field like mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah shit I don't know I, re- I wish that everything I did in the scrum just translated to my run tip because then I could be, could actually be fast but <laughs> you know at, at, at the moment um, and like, like you know, I'm, I'm not the fastest guy but you know you, you get there yeah, you get there in your own time uh, <laughs> but um, yeah it relates a little bit in terms of and around your calf work and mobility like you know you've got to be pretty like have real good like ankle calf knee mobility in the scrum like because ultimately the more sprigs you can have on the on the ground you know the more you can push through mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um, transfer your your force going forward so um yeah at the moment going through all my run tech stuff like that's that's just gonna basically transfer back into my scrum stuff when i get back so um yeah especially the calf raises and the a marches and your bloody toe taps and all that so um yeah no nah. was there any concern for compartment syndrome with with that fracture what do you mean what's that so i think like the fascia gets really tight and kind of strangles the muscle within within the compartment yeah, i don't no? I don't think so no that's no. good well haven't been told yet anyway no, we'll yeah. find out if it happens or, uh, no i, I imagine it would hurt a little wee bit but. yeah i think it's just like a consequence of uh what can happen if you get a bad fracture in a muscle group like that mm. yeah I remember uh, young Bobby Dowling um, world world lumberjack champion he, he had a bit of issue with that he was, he was playing prop for a while down there in Dunedin but oh yeah gave, gave in the rugby to chase the lumberjack dream <laughs> get that still <laughs> sponsorship to a tap finest yeah yeah, yeah. so um, you said about like the scrum not necessarily what you'd known for like what's what's the energy system like in a in do you, do you go 80 minutes very often? Uh, no. No? No, 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 no. Uh, well, not in a professional scene. Like, club rugby's a little bit different. Like, yeah. you know, you can sometimes battle away for 80 minutes. But, nah, like, oh. You get a few guys that can play 80 minutes when, when asked to or when needed to, say, in the professional scene, like, especially in Modern 10 Cup. Like, um, where that's why there's four props now, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why you've got, you know, basically a, a whole other scrum on the, on the bench, like, a whole other front row, so... Um. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't remember the last time I really played eighty minutes. Apart from, well, I've never played more than seventy. I think it is. Um, on a professional scene. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I've, I've usually come off the wood most most times, um, both for minor ten and for super. Um, but yeah, you get you you do see a few guys, the uh, the fitter guys that that can go eighty, um, like your yeah, Marcel Renitzers, Alex Hodgman's like that. Probably the only two that that stand out Marcel. to me. Um, <laughs> He's good, good lad. Yeah, He's got a great moustache too. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> and probably, mullet. He <laughs> topples me a wee bit. Over. I think it, I, I think T- I need to like dye it. You know? <laughs> this is quite black. It's like you know, it just stands out. It looks real good. Um, the tattoos. Oh, he's, he's, he's a handsome man. We used to call him Maui, eh? Maui, jeez. Yeah, King of the Ocean. Um, but um, yeah, no, you don't see too many guys. But they're probably the couple that stand out that I can that come to the top of my head that can you know go the distance. But um, yeah, most of the time props will go anything from fifty to sixty minutes kind of thing. Like play the play the first half, you're usually blowing your ringer out coming at, <laughs> coming at half time and get a bit of a you know. Uh, so what's the scrum like at uh, forty one minutes? What's what's that like? No, it's actually not too bad. You you're kind of you're in the game like as in you're you're warmed up, like you've you've already packed down, you know, three, four, maybe five scrums in the first half and um by the time you get to the second half you're quite fresh. Like, I know I mean like yeah the first half's dragging <laughs> oh like oh end of the first half like yeah. you're going overtime first half kind of material oh yeah no you, you're usually blowing one eh? like um depends if you get your second wind in the first half or you okay. get it in the second half like if you get your second wind late in the first half then you know you're usually all right um but so there must be a few mind mo- games going on if, if that becomes a situation right yeah, yeah. Depen- <laughs> looking at each other in the eye like you really <laughs> yeah depends who you're up against as well eh? like if you're up against some of those fitter buggers then you know what like the other ones I eyeball in you and you're kind of just like oh shit but no <laughs> <laughs> no nah, nah. um, like you know you turn up to every scrum doesn't matter how, how bugged you are and you're just ready to go to work like mm. you know you, you can't be too tired to scrum like that's mm-hmm. it's your job and that's what you're there for and you know if you are you get found out pretty quickly most of the time eh? and you know sometimes it just results in the ref blowing his whistle because you're getting pumped five metres back towards your own line so um, yeah now you've always got to be ready to scrum eh? but yeah I don't know you, you get a few especially late in the piece like you know even if you come off the wood and you're coming on at 50 minutes and then you get into the 80 83 84 minute mark or something like that and especially because those last 30 will be usually a bit more open game as well though, right? Yeah, yeah pretty you know pretty high pace and um, pretty fast footy but it, like you know the best thing is if you're one of the first subs on then when all the other subs come on there's a bit of time off so it's like pretty stop starty for, yeah, for okay. a period there yeah, and yeah. that last kind of 10 or 15 minutes is usually like, like pretty high pace and all the subs are on injuries you know rowdy routes all gone like so that last 15 10 or 15 minutes you pretty quick eh? and um, if, it, if it has been too stop starty then you'll get a second win and yeah. around that time and you'll be alright but yeah shit if it's too stop starty you won't get a second win and you can just be heaving the big ones pretty quickly because eh? you're trying to do everything you're fresh off the bench or so called and yeah you know try and be the impact player still 15 20 minutes in but yeah how, how good's playing with structure in like modern 10 oh <laughs> mate it's so nice <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just i'm just thinking about say, say it's 35 minute scrum you're you're breathing out your eyeballs and then you've got to do the scrum you're, you're blowing out your eyeballs and then you've got to get your head up and go where's my position Oh, how yeah. good's it going I stand there <laughs> yeah like oh that's so good being able to play with proper structure and people that you know that, that can do the job I'm not saying that people don't at club rugby but like you know sometimes you've you've got to be able to do somebody else's job if if they can't do it or it's not done like you know like if someone's gone to the wrong position or missed a clean out and you've then got to go like yeah, you know, go in 10 metres and clean a rack or whatever and, but like in my 10 cup you can trust trust 
you know, all, all other 14 guys on the field that they're going to do their job. And so, you know, you can stand up from a scrum and know where you have to go and that's all you have to worry about as such. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, if, like, or for me as a prop, but, you know, halfbacks, first sides, they worry about a bit more than that. But, yeah, for me as a prop, like, you know, I know, like, you know, we'll, we'll call our play or whatever and I know where I've got to be. And um, best thing, being down in Tasman half-time, I, you know, ball going to the line-out, first phase, second phase, and I'm just pulling up on the basically on the open side get, you know kind of, you can almost walk to your position almost kind of <laughs> thing and it's so you get a bit of a breather along the way sometimes you've been having a few but um, yeah oh, it's so good being able to play with structure and then being able to just watch it all unfold and know know when you're going to make a line break kind of thing like you know you play structure to to exploit teams not necessarily first phase like you have like you know so-called specials and plays to be able to exploit teams first phase but you know through your structure you, you know it's four or five sometimes six phases where you know you'll hang teams out to dry and mm. and you know break them down then so but yeah so nice compared to and so is that where you like you get you know you watch a game of high high first class rugby we'll call it first class rugby might have seen it up and and you see the structure and it looks fast but because um each portion of the structure is only playing at one point in time do you get that chance to recover better or nah sometimes <laughs> um, sometimes it's kind of yeah a little bit like like say set plays like you know a line out 30 or 40 metres out from their line like attacking line out like that's that's when you're playing basically full structure or like anything pressing up like it's just the broken players usually when you like you get caught out as a front row because you're running back and forth and ball's just getting kicked back and forth and then someone makes a line break and then you're having to get back you know in behind your D line and then and then you get a turnover and then your guys kick it then you're chasing up the field you know that broken play that's the stuff that really gets you those kick return rules are gnarly on you guys eh yeah they are eh get the hell out of that 10 metres that's why they're putting out those big sky bombs eh yeah you know (laughs) to just punish you guys running around in circles yeah yeah. 10 metre circles you know you just gotta make your half buy you a coffee if they don't get it outside that 10 metre eh because you know um Oh, you know it's a good rule it, well I don't know if it is or not but it's you know it's there for a reason and, well it is a good rule because if the person can get the take they, they've got that 10 metres to try and open some space up yeah you yeah, know. yeah exactly so and if you got if you guys are lazy then you're basically out of a, out of a game eh? yeah 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 in some respects but you know you don't have too many kicks that are in, inside that 10 metres in a game it's kind of just a missed kick from a from a half kick, uh, half back on a box kick or something like that usually mm-hmm. but um yeah, like I love that broken play and kind of that fastball, especially like say you get a turnover or you know one of your backs make a line break on a on a kick return or something like that, and um, and then you you just you play rugby instead of like structure such. You have a structure within a structure, but mm-hmm. you just kind of play rugby eh? and like you just hit holes when you see them and you just like you know offload it when it's on and stuff like that. And like that's well, that's some of the best rugby is you know mm-hmm. that open play. You'll still have that back, backhand so. flick pass, Coxie. Oh, I've always had it, mate. Had it. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. It's still there. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Is it? You're the one that like watches the footy. Like. <laughs> yeah, we just saw Bodie do that ball to um, Luke. You're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, same, same, eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I can run 34Ks an hour as well, like, same, same, but uh, not quite. Um, but, um, yeah, no, you try and keep, keep a bit of that in your arsenal, mate. <laughs> Practice those wee things, like, you know, when nobody's watching, you know, down at the gym or something like that. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, nah, it's, 
we'll, we'll see your line out throwing as well. That's that's another one of your back back pocket tricks. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when there's two yellow cards, when both hookers get carded, eh, you need someone to throw the ball in. I suppose. So, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, from from the old hooker days, you know, um, played a bit in club the last couple of years. Every now and again, as well, when mm-hmm. when you needed, but um, yeah, no, nah, never shy of throwing a hooker ball in when when you needed, mate. Well, yeah. You know, but yeah, first job's first. You got a scrum, eh? Yeah. So it's <laughs> so, okay. You, you got a scrum. You're a prop. It's on the it's on the job description. What's your favourite part of the game? Probably what I said before, like the broken play, like just when you when you're able to play rugby, like free flowing, like yeah. Um, love being able to have ball in hand and ball carry, or even just smashing rucks, like you know, it's all pretty good. Um, I don't know. Is that, is that why the open play is better? Because you might have the old person standing there that you get to line up <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes you get like someone who just like because well they're right they arrive in a shit position eh <laughs> yeah kind of yeah but kind of probably more so because the whole team like you're making game line every time mm-hmm. and so everything you're doing you're running on to it everything's at pace and so you're always moving at high pace and then as soon as like someone's able to get either a hit on the ball or something to get a jackal and then you can just come flying in and smoke them or if they're in, especially if they're in a shit position or something like that but um, yeah I don't know but also yeah I love Jacqueline as well. I like, love the D side of things, like the, mm-hmm. the challenge on defense is, you know, being able to just keep teams out and find a way to turn the ball over. Like, you know, cause so your Jacqueline is an arriver or are you a tackle spring to the feet type, type of man? No, nah, I'm a arriver. <laughs> like, hey, I'm fast off the ground. I've got a pretty good burpee, but like, <laughs> like, like, don't get me going for repetitions, you know. Like, yeah, that's, just, often, that's often what the case is on the rugby field. Like, you know, you're not doing 10 in a row right there and then, but, yeah. you know, it's uh, on repeat. But now I'm first arriving player, kind of, kind of jackler and waiting for those opportunities. And you kind of just try and read the play and anticipate what's happening usually and yeah. um, try and pick your moments there when you can. So, yeah, and right. just get into a strong position and stay strong over the ball if you can. But, um, yeah, the new pulling pulling rule now with um, in the Modern Modern Cup just been is um, was was a pretty good rule way about then. So what what, what the heck So instead of kind of just being able to get your head on the ball as such and get over it in a strong. Oh, position, you actually had to pick it up. Eh? You, you actually had to show the ref that you're trying to pull the ball up. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you actually penalise you if you're not trying to pull the ball. Yeah. And you're and you're say off your feet or anything like that, you get pinged. But if um, you, you've just got to show that you're pulling the ball, mm-hmm. um, trying to turn it over as such for your team to then play. Um, so that's basically a new rule that kind of came. Well, what would you call it? Rule or interpretation? Interpretation is probably the way to put it. Eh? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Like obviously, it's probably just going to be adjusted slightly, maybe over over the next season or two, and till it's refined. Maybe in terms of just the time that the refs refs have to see it to then give it rather than. Give mm-hmm. it straight away, but yeah. So, so do you have an opportunity to learn that before the season? Or yeah, yeah. So um, when that interpretation kind of came in, we like we we talk about it as a team and what what you can and can't do in terms of like trying to win a penalty or why you might get penalised and like we'll get like sometimes we even get a ref in to kind of explain that or even at training and get them to explain that a bit more at training for for us right at the start of the season so that you know everyone's clear on you know what's expected so mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of get a pretty good understanding of it pretty quickly what's what's your element in pre-season what do you mean like the bronco obviously oh yeah absolutely <laughs> love a good bronco what's your, yeah. what's your plan bro uh, <laughs> survive yeah, yeah no nah, with a bronco mate like anyone that's done a bronco shit 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where does, where does just, it just hit, survive? Where like. does it hit you, mate? Is it the lungs or the lower back? <laughs> uh probably the shoulders just trying to carry the whole team eh? no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, no, is that because you're at the back <laughs> uh, no no carry the team mate you're at the front I'm always at the back no not quite but I, I, I like to come from the back and pass everyone on the last bit so I'm often last Bring it for home. the few yeah last for the few, first few reps because everyone goes yeah hot I did that and like I've done that a few times and I've, I've burnt out way too quick like you're trying to keep up with everyone else on those first like you know so everyone that doesn't know what a bronco is you you do you go 20 meter 40 meter 60 meter and then you do that five times mm. um i think it's 1.24 k i think it is yeah. i can't remember and in speaking, total, speaking but, of bodies um, like 415 right yeah something like that it was ridiculous yeah. but um did, you know. did you maybe even 19 that was with, that was with sam dixon jesus that was good fun you must have been on a short field <laughs> no, sorry. No. So, no, Sam, that's, Sam that's was, good stuff, Sam was back stuff. Um, with, with us um, for that was at Rugby Park in Christchurch, and he was back training with us before. So it was yeah the week before we came up to Tauranga to do the Mount Sevens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a fitness test. Yeah, after coming back from New Year's, so. it's wicked, man. Yeah, it's wicked. No, I can't say I've <laughs> done that before, but yeah, um, no, nah, the lungs definitely hurt a lot, and the legs lot. It's just legs and lungs, lot. It just ruins your eye, lot. Mm. From the first rep, you're feeling it, kind of thing, and you just got to stay in it, lot. You just go hard and just got to stay in the fight, lot. Those last, like that last rep, going 20, 40, 60 on that last rep, that's lot. Your legs are about to fall off, eh? Um, Nothing like the taste of blood, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. And uh, the sweat just running into your eyes as you go, but no, nah, it's all good stuff, mate. Um, it's, you know good way to start start the day sometimes um start the training day in pre-season mm. um so yeah but been a while since i've done one actually so yeah um no doubt i'll be doing a few of them when i'm back from injury you're benchmarking um yeah i don't know i can't really make a target yet till i'm back running but yeah i've kind of i think pv's 504 or 505 nice um you know not too bad for a front row but yeah, um, I know. Like, we didn't quite make the sevens team, mate. You got to get below, I think, five, uh, four forty-five. Mate, I'm pretty sure there's no 121 kilo sevens players, so that that's all good. Like, have I'm, you seen I'm the Fijian Olympic team? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're massive, but I don't know if they like they, they can't scrum, can they? Like, no, yeah. no, they can. Like, what, what, watching them, they can scrum, but maybe not with another five or six guys behind them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some units in there. Eh? Um, that Fijian team was unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I, so good. Uh, it was like last week um, we're talking about Ireland beating New Zealand. I was like, oh, I'm not angry about it. And it was just that was a little bit the same. Like, obviously, I wanted the boys to win in, mm. in the Simmons final, but watching that game, I was especially those three plays they made in the first half off their long kickoff. I was like, oh, well, they've, they've shown up and they've won this game. That was yeah. that was outrageous. Yeah, and especially when I don't know his name, but old mate went down the right hand touchline and bumped. Um, he, was, he was played with you. Uh, one of the Simmons boys. Simmons boys. Uh, yeah, what one? There's a couple. Andrew Newster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony yeah. Newster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He tried to. He tried to like. He just ran full clip at him, trying to get him over the touchline, and Newster yeah. <laughs> just got booked. I was like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, I think he ended up grabbing his ankles in the end. He got like absolutely rolled, but he grabbed his ankles eh, as he fell on his back. I think. Like, yeah, I he, think I remember that. Yeah, but he still managed to get get around him yeah yeah it was outrageous ended up being uh in the tournament team as well did old stubby i think yeah um yeah. from that from from the olympics and then went on to be new zealand sevens player of the year as well hey? so yeah. 
even though he got bumped like hell in there. Oh, you know, it was the saw, final. It was the final. Yeah, yeah, probably saw a few stars. Like you know, um, <laughs> no, he's he had a bloody good year. So. So Regan came and played with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regan came down as well. So Stubby and Regs that came down and played down in Tessie there. So um, that was... That T- was took her a hardcore. Awesome. Yeah, mate. Took 886. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of us down there, which is good. Um, yeah, so a few boys ripping Took numbers, though. So it was good, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously he grew up around, around these ways and then... Yeah, went on with his uh, footy career as well, and been yeah. all over the show. So, yeah. yeah. Um, how much? How much of a drawback is so I've sort of um, had the lead of the YMCA here, and sort of you know, uh, see a few few of the kids from schools and stuff, and I sort of asked them, you know, what do you want to do? And none mm. of them seem to have much of an idea. Here mm. you go into the council and. On the like I sent you that photo uh, on yeah, the yeah. on the council there you know all, all the people including Dallas Seymour as well who um, he was coaching the women's Canterbury Sevens team when I was there but like sure. you know you you look at something like that and think about all the people that come from the region but it doesn't mm. seem to be the same sort of hopes and dreams coming out of the kids so like is there much of a drawback does anyone sort of shoulder tap you coxie to say come to the town and show these kids what's possible <laughs> yeah I don't know obviously it's a little bit hard when I'm down in Nelson like, yeah, for basically sure. most of the time but you know I'd love to get back and um, you know see some of the old teachers I've still got a few teachers floating around that um, especially at Token Intermediate I think and I'm not sure if any are left at uh, Token North School but um, you know and go in and see them and talk to some of the kids and stuff like have we yarn but not that I know who I am anyway like you know it's still, still a bit of a battler but um, <laughs> But, yeah, like, I suppose when I was looking back as a kid, though, like, I didn't have many hopes and dreams and, like, wanted to be, like, a rugby player or anything like that. Like, yeah. shit, I was, just, I was just happy having fun at school and playing ball rush and stuff out on the field and then Miss Moon coming out and bloody ripping us a new one and sitting us up on the wall at Intermediate and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, nah, I don't know. Like, I didn't have hopes and dreams of, of that as a kid. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, I suppose it's... Whether it's, like, the township and stuff, I don't know, like... Yeah, you, you get kids that just not worried about that. They just go day to day, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. then, but then you'll get some kids that that, that are a bit like that. And like, oh, I want to be a rugby player. Like, that's yeah. that's like my one life aspiration. Or like, a lot know, of them, whatever. Play, a lot of them here want to play in the NRL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play league. Um, yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, yeah. No. What about the golf? Was that was that like I'm going to be Tiger Woods? <laughs> not until later on. Um, oh, probably. No, nah, not really until I got to high school. I think. Yeah start of high school but um you know like had a few dreams there um you know golf was was definitely an option yeah back in the day whether i could have made it or not i don't know who would know but um you know i love both golf and rugby growing up um didn't start playing either of them till end of primary school like started intermediate so yeah um i think it was about year six at primary school i started how old are you then about 11 yeah that's right um yeah. so like, i didn't start playing both until i was about 11 so um got got into both of them about then i was, I was a little soccer fag before that um is nothing, wrong with, were, nothing wrong with soccer football there mate <laughs> not at all love a good su- uh, summer soccer like but yeah. you know apart from that life you know the diving the diving is really got to go <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's not the one, eh? But, no. but a summer soccer down at the old Toka Sports Grounds down here is always, always the one. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah, enjoyed that in the summer. That was good. That was good, but, yeah. Have you ever um, had a round with John Hardy? Mm. No. Who's that? Do I know? 
Uh, yeah, Should yeah, I not? He might have. He might have left. Gone to Scotland by by that stage. So he used, used to play flanker for Southland and um, and the Highlanders. Oh yeah. Same age as me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, then went went to Scotland and he's played for Newcastle as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's a handy handy golfer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Damien McKenzie's pretty good, is he? Yeah, no, he's pretty handy. Him and oh. Anton thinks he's good, but... Um, yeah, is Anton any good? No, no, he's shit, mate. <laughs> like, the, the man can't find a fairway off the TA. Well, but I know it's fine, but yeah, we, we, were at the, we were at the driving range the other day. It was just kind of like, oh, well, I guess if I'm playing golf, I'll see you over that, on that fairway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll play over there. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he sees a lot of the course, that's for sure. Um, he often has a big slice and he's never been able to control it, but... Um, Nah, yeah, Damo's pretty handy. Um, Brad Weber, Spud, yeah, he's he's real handy actually. I think he shit. What's the new course up by Hamilton Airport? What's that called again? Uh, Taiki or something, whatever it is. The, nah. Oh, it's a new international course that's just gone in up there. And yeah, a few of the boys whispered to me he had a pretty sharp round around there. So it's new international course that's just gone in. Real un- like unreal. It's um, it was the Lockheed Golf Club, and it's just been all fully transformed. Um, it's been closed for a couple of years, so that be all redone I think it opened up about a week or two ago and when you had a pretty sharp round around there the other day actually maybe 74 or 73 or so um, so he's pretty sharp and then um, the other boys up this way uh, Quinn Tupaya he goes alright has a bit of fun Luke Jacobson he's you know um, he's stiffer than a hamstring on a cold morning um, <laughs> so yeah no nah, but has he, he, has he come in late to the party and just got, got the vibe or Oh, he's been playing a couple of years now, but he, he goes all right. Like, he, he actually he can hit a good ball, eh? Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, no, nah, he's going bloody well now. Um, but yeah, when he first came, fuck it. Was, it was, so, Ryan, yeah, is it about your club watch. selection, or do you actually need a bit of finesse? Uh, <laughs> judging, oh, just, judging distances. Like, off the tee, obviously. There, there's a lot to it. Like, yeah, oh, even off the tee sometimes, like, club selection a wee bit. But, no, nah, oh, there's a lot to golf. There's, I suppose, in some respects, there's almost more to golf than rugby in some way. Um, then then like, being a front row, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, just the cabbage, eh? um, the dark so, arts, though. Um, no, oh no, it's totally a different sport. And for me, like, it's been a great way to kind of get away from rugby and just like think about something totally different, eh? And, like, mm-hmm. it's a whole different challenge, whole different aspect. Um, so as, yeah, as you know, I played a lot of golf, and you know, it's kind of like I'm an ad between golf and rugby for a wee bit, but. Like even now, I still get out as much as I can, or not literally at the moment with the old broken ankle. So, don't know when the return of players for for golf. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully be back out. Back Do you out have to get that signed off? I uh, probably, probably yeah probably be a smart idea. I suppose um, rugby pays your bills, don't they? <laughs> yeah, it does most of the time. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, no, it's just a good way to get out there and about, and you know, like get off off the field with a few of the boys and like get out on a day off and go and play some golf and just talk about something other than rugby and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and then down in Tassie we've got a few good golfers down there as well we've got David Arvelli he goes pretty well he's I think he's uh, about eight or a nine and same as Will mm-hmm. Jordan mm-hmm. old Bill he's um, he's pretty handy and then we managed to get a few of the other boys into it in the last year or two as well actually looking Alex Nangville into a bit of golf and Tim O'Malley Finlay Christie uh, Mitch Hunt um Louis Chapman, he's pretty handy actually. We halfback, he can hit a big ball if he wants for a little man. Um, and then yeah, got a few other new guys, Antonio Chalfoon and um, yeah, Willie Arvelli. He plays a little bit as well. So we've got a pretty good crew down in Nelson actually that that play. So um, so yeah. what, what's the tea times like? 
usually oh, we've been playing out at Green Acres Golf Club down there this year because in the past you couldn't really get out of the house until 2 in the afternoon on your day off like there's just people booked up all morning and so and then even if you could get on it's like 4 hours down there but uh, Green Acres Golf Club wicked little golf club out out at uh, Richmond there and um, they looked after the fellas well this year and um, yeah like we could get out basically any time after say 11 or mm-hmm. 12 o'clock and went around and got a couple of golf carts saved the legs so um, <laughs> um, yeah no it's you know it takes three three and a half hours to play around sometimes this five or six year might take four hours but yeah so that's yeah. pretty good eh pretty right you played a bit of golf nah your time? yeah but not at all I, I, I grew grew up over the road from Otatara Golf Course down there in Invercargill mm. used to um, hunt the hedges for balls but yeah yeah that's yeah. the one and then yeah. sell them on trade me or something yeah did all, no, no trade me then it was like the old, <laughs> the old second hand dealer pawn shop no, not oh, pawn yeah. shop but yeah second hand yeah, yeah. dealer yeah you'd head, you know give you 10 cents a ball top, top yeah, of yeah, yeah 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 but they're, they're mostly just range balls so yeah. they're all pretty shit but oh, that's fine. make a little bit of pocket money anyway, <laughs> pocket money yeah yeah five dollars something to get a zombie chew down at the down at the dairy or something like that or a well, wee can of coke or? yeah that's a problem with that tara the the dairy was bloody a kaway on a main road so oh, no. no um didn't really do that must have been a fit young lad though you'd run down the grass or something like that to go go get a pack of lollies <sighs> yeah i don't know no lollies weren't really really the thing I don't know what we spent them on actually yeah I can't even I think. can tell that lollies weren't your thing mate but <laughs> your own bugger that's definitely my thing eh? hence a change of rig but <laughs> yeah, the, old, the old man which the old lady on Sunday was asking me are you going to do another ultra marathon Ryan I was like oh still, there's still the idea of doing 100k's and the dad's like Ryan you're not made for running <laughs> so what are you talking about I ran 54k's John I was like yeah and how were your hips yeah still was that the longest you've run 54 yeah 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 definitely how long, how long did that take you uh, 7 hours 35 minutes and 42 seconds damn mate it was a long day <laughs> it was a long day it's you know that's almost literally a work day you know yeah I was pretty um, pleased I'd changed from the 101k's because is that what you're going to do uh, that was what I'd entered yeah and Shit. so what yeah, happened then oh uh, i re- went for a run about a month earlier that was 46k and about 30k's deep it got pretty uncomfortable yeah and so i thought well, that that's not a good idea no there's another 70k's to go yeah <laughs> and you would, like it was it was probably the last um yeah i got i took a wrong turn with about 20k's to go and that derailed me oh. a little bit Shift. But I, I got back back on the track. But yeah, it's, the hip, hip started to hurt, and then the last part was like Giddy's Pass, getting over onto the Christchurch side of the Port Hills and going around the Port Hills and then down a hill to the end. And yeah, yeah sure, it was, it's not a flat run, eh? No, it wasn't. It was yeah. So we uh, what did we do? Started off, did a four hundred meter hill pretty much straight away, and then over twenty one k's we went from sea level all the way to the top. I can't remember what, excuse me can't remember what that hill was called but yeah over we ran 21k's and, and went a thousand metres or just under a thousand metres elevation Far out. and then so you, then you're sort of running along the top of this mountain and then you drop down quite a wee way and then up this thing called the bastard <laughs> which is just <laughs> shit I bet it was just yeah it was so I was calling it worse things than the bastard that was for sure <laughs> and uh, yeah then down the other side and into, into Hallsworth Quarry and yeah she was pretty sore. Far out, I imagine. Yeah, the old patella tendons were 
balloons and just the old knee was just like grinding on top of them and oh, hips hips super tight is that the craziest thing you just about done what um you know what yeah it was like like complete playing sevens like you get you, you know especially being a forward and and my downside was being six foot like we talked about rather than mm. six two six three um you know like scott carey or sam dixon and that sort of stuff yeah. um or even Nucky McCall, he was he was playing at centre, but you know he's he's a bit taller. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you still got the opportunity to go and lift weights and like be strong and try be a hundred kgs and mm. but also still run a good yo-yo and yeah, you yeah, know yeah. play a tournament and be fit and all that sort of stuff. So it was yeah. that was that in terms of energy systems, that was probably like where I was in my element. But yeah, trying to run was just like a real mental thing, and I think the training was the best slash worst because yeah. it's kind of like um at first you start off with three runs a week and then it turned into four runs a week and then it was just like trying to find the time like i was <laughs> at one stage there i was running like a half marathon before work going to work i'd run like 5k's at lunchtime and then get home and run the last sort of well, i think 20 odd k's what, what would it need to be yeah like about 20 shit is that right yeah so you're you're running like 50k's across a day yeah. <laughs> oh that's commitment, man. That's yeah. commitment. and running is one of those things you can't just tick off in an hour or something no, like, yeah. you know, like, so well, you, to go and do normally, normally you can but if, you, if you're going to run that long then you do you need to run yeah. ridiculous amounts it's, Shit, yeah. it's silly yeah it's nuts where, where does the gym fit in pre-season is it just kind of like get get the on-field stuff done and get in <laughs> no you often oh, I know it's usually best to try and gym first I reckon you know, like yeah. like it depends what team you're with and stuff or like say if you're on your own then you kind of make it work but so you'd be responsible yeah. for a bit of gym in the pre-season yeah yeah so like I'm, I'll be training on my own back for uh, down at the wee uh, muscle and curves down there I'm oh, yeah? training down there tote gym for next month are or their so. bars straight I'm not sure because <laughs> I was at gym 56 eh? there was a couple of good bars but a lot of them were they bent bent and oh. ruined <laughs> oh shit uh, I've been in there before I think um, gym 56 one or two times eh, when I was like well when I was back here and you know for a week or something like that but yeah no nah, um, a couple of the fellas um, mentioned that you know that one wasn't too bad so yeah um, yeah so been down there but yeah on my own back for, for the next month or so so um, just working off my physio and like up in Hamilton so um, and just basically yeah doing as I'm told there so I got all programmed up for the next six weeks and from then, your physio yeah, yeah. Uh, from Tasman and then just any in terms of ankle work and stuff like that then that's kind of on top of that so mm-hmm. um, and, and yeah running will just kind of fall into it so as we go but yeah so hopefully back on the running field uh, the next end of next uh, this week um, starting next week so um, yeah around Christmas time I'll be starting to run again so yeah that'd be nice but in your yeah. bike tier how much have they been doing uh literally that <laughs> fuck oh yeah <laughs> um, no nah, we have so that's kind of like my off-feet conditioning so um, that's what I've kind of been doing at the gym for your feet conditioning since you can't go for a run and get your heart rate up like that's it's kind of what you do that ski erg bit of boxing so um, that's what I've been up to the last couple of well, last couple of months really um, do you swim then, uh, don't want to swim with it just yet like in terms of kicking and stuff oh, yeah, true. Um, true. but 
yeah, I, I had done like I was swimming um, a couple of times a week down in Nelson, like when I was fit before I did my ankle. Um, and like I'd go down and do a K or a K and a half in the pools um, on, on day off or sometimes after training I'd go down there in the afternoon and um, especially on a Monday on a, sh- on a smaller day like mm-hmm. gym, gym was kind of the only big thing you'd only do a couple of K on the field at training at like a jog pace and a few conditioning games then go to the pool get a couple of K down or something but um, yeah love swimming eh? mm-hmm. you do a bit of that too? Oh, I used to swim yeah but that's one of those like black line fever things. Mm, mm. <laughs> I can, you know, I can swim, obviously, but um, no, I don't. I have been thinking about it because, like I said, I was at the gym, and then sort of when moving in here, I ended the gym, going to buy some equipment, but mm. that looks like it's months away from. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look, you look on the website and the out of stock, out of stock. You're like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. No, it's a good way to like for it's definitely good for the lungs eh? like it's yeah. totally different to running around on a field or lifting weights like should I go to the pool and I'll like I'll kind of change it up each time like you know like you kind of warm up with like 10 lengths and then from there like I'll, I'd often do like interval stuff so you know I'd, I'd, I'd usually start off with you know a couple of sixes and fours so I'll go like six four six four and then I'll do like um just all freestyle and then and then you do like two like full pace laps and then you take like 30 seconds and then you do like six laps straight after that and like trying to trying to just keep your form and keep mm-hmm. swimming while you're absolutely like <laughs> absolute buggered um because like you know for me now to do, do like 50 meters full pace like mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know you're, you're you're sucking in the big ones at the end of it and take 30 seconds to go again but um no i find it bloody good for the lungs though, especially around the footy like yeah it definitely helps do you have a physiologist at Montesin? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got a couple of physios there, so I don't know, like someone measuring oh, measuring all your metrics and GPS and oh yes, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so our trainer does that okay. along. So we've got like a trainer, assistant trainer, and then also like an intern. Yep. So our intern's kind of in charge of like say the whole GPS side of things. So we we GPS every time we're on the field, every yep. time we play, everything's GPS, and then like they kind of manage your manage your load through the week. Yeah, and yeah. and obviously depending like if you're playing that week how much game time you might be getting if you're starting you're on the bench whatever um you know and then same as the week before so you know your load's pretty like pretty well managed from all of them and they'll pull you out of training like when they need to and if you need more then you'll be doing conditioning games with a group of guys at the end of end of training stuff like that so yeah um and often if you play less than like oh i can't even remember I've only played two games this year, so it's actually hard to remember. Often, <laughs> often if you play like less than fifteen or twenty minutes, you got to run at the end of the game. Yep, so like yep. as soon as the whistle goes, basically like shake hands and stuff, and then you're like you're in like everyone's signing autographs and stuff, and you're on the sideline running, running, and just running, mm-hmm. just trying to get more meters in because mm-hmm. otherwise your weekend is, ends up being too low, and you're yep. you're not going to run the next day because otherwise you end up having like three days of running in a row because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you need a day off, but. And you can't. It's one of those things you can't catch up on. Eh? So, yeah. like, if you're not getting your running in it, like topping yourself up in the game, then it's pretty hard. So, yeah. How much work sort of been done around preparedness? Like, are you going in and doing a grip test, or someone's looking at your heart rate variability, or anything like that? No, no I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. So um, there's it, it, still like um, a bit of survivorship going on in, in rugby union, then, isn't it? Like, yeah, I you, think. Like down in Nelson, we're like in Tassie, it's like it pretty well like play driven. So like if mm-hmm. you're like in terms of like if you're 
you got to prepare your body as best you can for training and yep. to play and all of that and that's it like you've got to survive and be durable durable with it eh? yeah yeah exactly like that's that's what being professional is you know so like you've got to prepare yourself best for training so you can get the most out of training yeah to improve and then prepare yourself as best you can to play so that you can play well and yep. you know get better and play better for your team and um i suppose like oh where was you going with us now um you so like quite power, player driven the yeah, load like the load side of things so like if you're not feeling good like you know you like it's up to you to be able to go and tell your trainer that and be like you know my hammy is genuinely quite tight today like mm-hmm. if you've pulled up pretty tight the next morning like your calf or your hammy and stuff like it's it's genuinely quite important about it like go up to your physio go up to your trainer and tell them that and they'll manage you from that like whether it's to do with like your max speeds and stuff like at training like you might be at like a 70 percent cap or something like that so mm-hmm. like whatever you do like you can't go over 70 percent if your hammy's tight or your calf's tight or something like that or like your scrum load like you might just do a couple of scrums instead of scrumming the whole scrum session like you might just do a couple of scrums get what you need done mm. and then pull pin on on the scrums and focus on the rest of training or whatever so it's you know there's there's a lot of um you know player driven in and around how your body's feeling like, like and i suppose over time as well you start to understand that a wee bit as well like mm-hmm. being a young fella you're kind of oh it's all good it's just sore from training yourself. yeah you go again it's all good and then you end up you know tearing your calf or something it's like oh shit but you start to learn that pretty quickly and learn how your body should feel for training or if you haven't quite done something right in, in your recovery then um then you kind of know um and you definitely feel it so yeah it's um pretty player driven down there and it is especially on the bigger scenes as well i suppose i don't know what it's like in other mighty 10 cup teams but um yeah we've got a lot of responsibility as a player to look after yourself eh? so, yeah yeah has there been like a um, switch going from put persevering, pushing through, trying to get your your name on on the list for Saturday to thinking about it as a rugby career, like especially as a as a prop? Like there's always things to learn as a prop and to be a great prop. You know, is is has there been a moment where it's like I'm going to make this a career for as long as it possibly can, versus. Oh, I want to play it this Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, well, I'd, I'd never thought of rugby as a career, even I don't know, up until probably just before, oh, in and around that New Zealand twenties time when I was in my second year out of school. Like yep. that was kind of, I was kind of like, oh shit, like you know, like um, I could actually like make money doing this, like yeah. you know, like because you're you're dairy like, farming. Yeah, time. yeah, we'll like, try and do it. <laughs> yeah, I was pulling tits on the farm and you know milking cows and going to training in the morning training at night like you know just trying to make it crust and killing yourself (laughs) yeah literally um but um i don't know like i was probably yeah it after new zealand 20s finished that's kind of when i was like shit like you know like i want to play like minor 10 cup and um and then from there ended up obviously getting an opportunity down in tasman because um yeah, Waikato so-called shafted me. Nah, um, the, the, the opportunity wasn't there. I probably, you know, might not have earned the spot there as such, I suppose. I don't know. And opportunity opened up down in Tasman, so I found myself down there. And then from there, I've kind of just wanted to just take that next step and just keep climbing up the ladder, really, and, mm. you know, make a career out of it. But, um, you know, I had a few few road cones and a few speed bumps along the way, but, um, you know, a couple of road cones getting caught in the back tyre. But, um, <laughs> um yeah and then I don't know I've never really looked at it as just Saturday to Saturday like you know just trying to get named like obviously um, sometimes 
you know there, there is like pretty good competition in say my position or other guys competition that yeah like you do everything you can that week and usually the week before to try and get named for for that Saturday and um, to be playing and and yeah and then from there you get your opportunity to to showcase yourself show like what you've been working on and like you know just do your best for the team do your job and um, from the opportunities kind of open up and you know it's like but yeah there is kind of times when you're like shit like you know am I still going to be able to keep doing this like you know, yeah. you're like if I'm not getting selected or like especially after my injury I'm kind of like shit well like you know I've barely played this year like am I even going to be able to get a gig like you know yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah but it's not really a Saturday to Saturday thing it's kind of like you know I've kind of always just had the dream and kind of always thought I'm like believed I'm good enough to yeah. kind of keep going but you know you've got to make sure you're good enough as well like you can't just think that if you're not good enough like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. So, so structurally like we saw Artie Sevilla man- essentially manage himself like mm-hmm. how, how how do you structure um, Ryan Cox and incorporated Cox's lawns <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you what do you mean with that like, like with his yeah how do, how do you sort of negotiate and, and who supports you and that sort of stuff uh, well, so I've got an agent. He he does all my like rugby stuff and goes looking elsewhere and whatnot for me and finds all that stuff. But for me, like I'm just genuinely just trying to be the best athlete I can. Mm-hmm. And like most of the time, you don't actually need like I don't think you really need an agent most of the time. Like like if you pl- the better you play, mm. um, you know the opportunity is just going to open up. Like you know if you're if you're good enough then you're going to be good enough like you mm-hmm. know you don't need someone going to searching for a job for you because they'll come to you yep um so is that what you're getting with yeah yeah getting yeah. That with that yeah so um i've been with my agent through esportif since i was at school actually pretty funny when he rang me up i think i was on the bus back from like year 12 camp i was still at school in year 12 when when he rang me up and i was like pretty loud on the bus and he, he, i was getting this phone call and i was like what the heck like random number picked it up and he was like Oh, hey, is this uh, Ryan Cox? And it's uh, Dan Kane here. And I thought he was saying Sam Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm, laughs> I'm like, sorry, who? And genuinely said that like I was like, who, like who's this? Yeah. Like four times. Like he must have been like, oh, this is weird. Like you know, like like <laughs> whatever. And because I genuinely thought he's like Sam Kane. Year, sixteen or seventeen years old. And he, he, yeah, just turned seventeen. I think. Yeah. Didn't think to explain. I'm on. School bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Eh? I was like, oh, pretty loud, but no, nah, yeah. didn't even think about saying that. And I, like, I was like, why the hell would Sam Kane call me? Like, that's that's just weird. Like, um, and yeah, I thought it was like a bit of a scam or something at the time. Um, and then yeah, anyway, he kind of got to the point of player agent, and he wanted to meet up and have coffee and stuff, and just you know, just have a yarn and just meet me and stuff. And yeah, and then so had that relationship with him, which has been awesome um, ever since. And he's kind of represented me in terms of and you know they yeah for people that don't know what, what an agent does they kind of they go out they find you a gig with they, they talk to CEOs and coaches and stuff like that and they'll like of teams like whether they're trying to find your contract or keep your contract ongoing at that team and then from there they'll go through your contracts and um, whether it's to do with your salary or bonuses or just make sure there's no hidden clauses or anything mm-hmm. like that in there and um, so they read over all of that kind of like a bit of a lawyer I suppose in some respect and um, and then if, if if you want to try and go somewhere else or you need more money or whatever then you know that the other person that will try and like bleed that out of them or something for you so mm-hmm. no he's been pretty awesome for me over, over the time and kind of done a job for me I suppose so yeah pays for himself 
Um, so how much? Because this salary cap in Mitre Ten, right? Uh, yeah, people say there's not with Tasman, but yeah, no, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a salary cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there is a salary cap. I can't actually remember what it is at the moment, so it just got lowered, I think. Yeah. I think it might have just got lowered at Tasman. I can't actually remember what it is, though. What, so you, what was the reasoning behind lowering it to make the competition more affordable? Uh, I genuinely don't know. Yeah. I think it was like almost accidentally too high. So we just got a new CEO, and I think our old CEO just had like a high salary cap just because he, he could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is there is so, so it's based cap, on so it's, team to team sort of thing. Yeah, or like there's a I think there's a like nationwide salary cap as such. But yeah. then like t- it's, it's kind of up to CEOs like how much they pay each player, and they'll have like their own caps of what they can afford and mm. stuff as well, and try and make it work themselves. Like yeah, so yeah, because obviously there's a salary for each team, and it's it's the same for every team. Mm. So. Um, but like you know, some teams might actually might genuinely contract one or two more players than other teams, and that's taken up salary. And so, like obviously, the average salary is going to be less yep. all round. But you know, it's kind of there's ways in the round. I don't know too much about it. Like that's that's up to the big dogs. But yeah, yeah. I so just kind of get paid and play rugby and do my job really. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. on the job side of things, like uh, there's sort of that opportunity for brand and, and that sort of stuff, but that can be at the detriment of your concentration or your ability to. You mean in terms of your personal brand? Personal brand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, what what sort of the yarns going around about ideas of doing that? Um, I don't know. Like, and you, is anyone cracking it yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, Artie's making clothes. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Okay, it's pretty awesome. It's also, also what um, Jimmy he, Mar doing? What a lad podcast! Oh, like, yeah, how good's that? How good is good? Um, Have you been on that? No, I haven't, mate. No, yeah, no, no. Geez. I don't know. There's some pretty big dogs that go on there. Um, like Chucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Like, there's some there's some big dogs that go on there. Like, I don't know if I'm quite up to that stand today, but hey, you know, maybe one day if I get get the wee invite. Like, James. Hey. Yeah, mate, come on. No, <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, obviously, he's doing pretty well. A couple of other guys have had a few little side hustles going on. I'm just trying to think now who else has got, got a couple. Um uh, well, you did. Coxie's lawns, shit, mate. I don't know. Yeah, had, had we Coxie's lawns going on the side there. So, uh, what, what gear did you get, by the way? Should I had heaps, mate? So I started off at Bunnings. Eh? I went to Bunnings, spent five hundred bucks. I think it was bought a weed eater, a lawnmower, some wool sacks. Yeah, uh, that was probably just about it. Maybe some oh, it, uh, a little wee sprayer and a bottle yeah, of spray and I stuff. Say spray, um, but a roundup. So. That's what I need yeah. to do around here again, actually. Do the yeah. old, get a, get a whippersnipper. Yeah. And some handy, spray. Mate. Handy. Um, so I started off with that and then eventually built up um, o- over a couple of years and end up getting, um, having a good mate, Steel Shop Hermes. So, you know, get along Steel Shop Hermes. Um, get along there and um, grab your gear. So I, I grabbed the rest of my gear through there once I'd upgraded. So I ended up getting a mass sport. Uh, 5,000 and uh, absolute beast I think it was 24 inch alloy chassis and um, <laughs> I think they were oh, is this a ride on? no 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 uh, Pushma yeah. but um, yeah bit of a beast Pushma so I picked it up second hand but I think they, they retail in around a grand or 1100 uh, I think it was about a grand for a um, Pushma for a Pushma yeah but has it got like automatic oh shit like the it's self-propelling or no 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 it's, no it's not i don't really like them because they're quite like those ones are genuinely they're b- even bigger again yeah and are quite heavy uh, whereas i had mine on the back of my ute with a couple of bungees holding it on so <laughs> i need to be able to lift it on and off was eh? this the rodeo yeah on the old holding rodeo mate 
still going strong. Yeah. It's still around. Yeah, still around, still around. So clocking up the keys on that. So <laughs> it, it's been like Coxie's Lawn's icon, eh? Is like the, the blue beast. beast. The blue beast. So bushbuck. Um, mm. And so, oh, excuse me, Jesus. Um, these wee soldiers getting me a bit, but guess yeah, yeah, bloody good though. The Yummy. Old, the old um, fer- so. fermented apples. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mate. So yeah, I ended up having all my gear through um, through steel shops. So I had um, hedge trimmer, leaf blower, uh, weed eater, and then uh, chainsaw as well. I do tree work, so I did hedges, tree like smaller trees. I had a wee crack at a few bigger trees. I definitely like pushed the boundaries a few times. That's for sure. Um, but need, needed a climbing I arborist. Had, yeah, genuine. Like I, I had like basically the smallest chainsaw. Uh, petrol chain which is like your MS 180 I think they oh they might have had 170s but I think I got a 180 I can't remember and um, like it's nothing massive but you know as long as you've got a sharp chain you can genuinely cut through anything like you'll get there Um, just don't let your chain go blown otherwise it's hard work Um, and then yeah I'd I'd do everything all section maintenance really but yeah started off with lawns and then got into just doing everything because you know your old Joe blog oh can you do this can you do that and you know and you kind of just went like I'd never done I'd never done any of that stuff before like, I'd, I'd barely even cut a hedge before yeah um when I'd started doing that stuff I'd done done it at home but that was, that was about it and then you just kind of learn along the way and kind of you know you just kind of did you have a garden at home well, I drove past the place the other day dairy farm and it just looked like house and then the fence I was like you know, we can't make money from a garden <laughs> that's, yeah. that's valuable paddock space <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> no we got a good veg garden at home actually and um, yeah, we got a couple of good gardens that mum mum got going up at home. So uh, we native native little section as well with a few Cody nice. trees and stuff in it. But um, yeah, that was kind of mum's area. I didn't really do too much at home. I was kind of just lawns at home. That was about it. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I'd just you know I'd I'd actually even barely used a chainsaw before. Like I was just self taught. Everything was just self taught. Like on the job. Like yeah, you I just still tell haven't used a chainsaw. You've never used a chainsaw. No, I, I did. Um some scrub cutting at my mate's place last year yeah yeah and then the um bearing on the scrub cutter blew so that was the end of that uh. and then so then i went to go back and chop chop the um the roots of all the gorse down and went to, to yeah, like yeah. one pull on the chainsaw and the rope broke and i was like oh that's that too oh, <laughs> shit, so still haven't used the chainsaw <laughs> oh it's not the one it's not great i was like, I was like oh classic yeah you see me out the back and i bloody broke both things yeah <laughs> fucking hell um, like I'd, I'd use a chainsaw a couple of times on the farm at home but like not much to be fair I went down to the steel shop got, got me chaps got me helmet yeah. got me chainsaw and my oils and stuff like that a couple of chains and um, yeah I was just, just self taught eh um, yeah. and then um, watch a few YouTube videos or not even that no not even that like, I didn't even read the manual eh? like, <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, yeah I think I I think the first time I was like I couldn't I couldn't actually get it started. I was like, this is taking ages to get started. I was like there for like five minutes, putting my arms going numb kind of material. It's like, nah, surely something's wrong. It was brand new. Yeah. Take it back in the steel shop and like I'm like, how do you work this? I get it going like first go. I think I had like I think I didn't even turn it like the choker or something like whatever. Yeah. I, I can't even remember now. Um, but yeah, I swear yeah. Dad like puts the choke one way, pulls, pulls. No, no, it doesn't start. Puts it the other way. Boom. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that one. Yeah. <laughs> And like it says, says on it, like I think it's never start standing up or something like that. Like always put it on the ground to start start yep. the old chainsaw. But like you know, and 
like whenever it's warm I'd just stand there and just, like standing up and just get it going straight like standing out like you know don't, don't need to be putting my back out bending over but um, yeah shit you t- I, I, oh, I probably shouldn't be saying this but yeah told a few white lies like you know I could do this I can do that and I'd never done it before yeah. and like just you know just having a crack at it and like you know you just have a go like and if you if you fuck it up you fuck it up like yeah. at the end of the day but you know you try and do what you can and do the best job but and insurance what, what did you do no I, I, I actually had insurance I had um, through so I had um, accountant lawyer and insurance for for my business yeah. um, they're all each down and now so just from people that I know down there and um, so I just had that all set up down there so I had was it like your public liability and stuff like that so if I was to argument say like um, fall a tree and it knocked a power pole over or whatever yeah, and then yeah. that went onto the road and then um, you know there's power cut out or whatever like I've covered for all of that or if I accidentally dug through like a, a, main, a mains yeah. or water or something like that I've covered for all that shit or whatever like all that that who are not covered for oh I don't know is it I actually don't even know if that covers like if I like break a house from the tree or something <laughs> like, I can't actually tell you or like whatever I, I don't know about that or if I forget me handbrake and me ute and it goes rolling down the drive onto the road and fuck shit up but yeah to be fair I don't actually I didn't even read today. I was just like mate I just need like you know I'm gonna something. do this I need covered <laughs> yeah yeah the insurance broker just sorted it out and um you know happy days and I was like yeah sweet all good as long as I'm covered yeah you'll be covered for what you need and he kind of told me what I was covered for but I can't actually remember half of it but yeah yeah, yeah. and so as an occupational hazard what did the what did the rugby union think of your your wee gig um I can't actually remember I um so I started it when I was down in in Nelson it was in the offset like not in Mighty 10 Cup it was yeah. club season so I started it as like a job down there because I couldn't actually hold down a full time job yeah um, due to like footy I was getting called in and out like injury replacement at Super Rugby and um, so I couldn't hold down an actual job and so I started it up to was that of, when you went down to Christchurch or yeah, was different? Oh, yeah. yeah yeah when I was like getting called down to Christchurch uh, with Crusaders like week in week out kind of thing it was pretty tough so out. they need you to train and stuff yeah so like they had like injuries and stuff like that and so I'd like go down there to train like for like two or three days or something and then um, for like extra numbers with them and then they'd fly me back to Nelson and then I'd go down like one or two weeks later for like a whole week or something and then yeah it was a bit of like it was, it was, it was awesome like, like unreal being around some of those guys and the stuff you learn it was wicked but you know obviously on the on that on the job side of things as well like when you're not down there and you can't count on being down there all the time like couldn't hold down a job so that hence why I started up Cox's Lawns and then um, where were we going with this? just tell us about it mate <laughs> I can't even remember now but hey um, and then oh yeah the rugby scene and then um, yeah oh, it's right, just yeah. kind of my job so like, I know it's turned into a job really and I suppose it's no different to being a chippy or whatever eh? yeah no, no different really but yeah it got a little bit niggly when kind of it did come around a footy season I still had clients that needed their lawns mowed and stuff so I was, I was proper like training all day and then I'd, like a couple of hours of daylight at the end of, like especially when you know footy season's kicking off in July, August, September and like you know it's getting dark at six thirty, seven o'clock and rains know, we, we, yeah or it rains and like we finish training and say like three o'clock or something and then I'd go out and do like lawns until six yeah so like um, get the jobs done that you needed to get done so um, because I still had those clients that like, like I could have told them like you know I'm finished like, I'm going into footy but kind of almost felt like I just wanted to keep it going just like letting people down like you know you just, yeah. just want to kind of do the work for them and um, keep them happy as well at the same time so um, and then yeah same as 
oh, it's kind of just always been like that. I've just kind of made it work. Yeah. All the way through, and like, have I've had no issues with like the rugby scene. Yeah. Stuff like that. They've, they've always been all for it because it keeps you fit. So. How do? How's the food prep for that type of thing? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes in the weekends you got to prep a wee bit. Eh? Um, <laughs> occasionally you get caught out, got to grab a bit of sushi or get yeah. up or something like that. I don't know, but um, usually like pretty prepped. Um, but like you're surprisingly like don't get that hungry when you're working all the time like you could kind of just snack like yeah snack on like but a fruit along the way like i'd like say if i was working a full day like um like through i think it was first lockdown last year we come out of that and because i was contracted with chiefs i was um we weren't we weren't allowed uh, sorry we weren't allowed to train in level three yeah um, you could only train in small bubbles and keep doing what you're doing and I, I, like, but I could get back to work with Coxie's Lawn so I like, talked to New Zealand Rugby Union and stuff like that and made sure it was all good first and I was allowed to go and work so I was so I think it was for three weeks there in level three or whatever it was um, I was just like 11 hours a day just working like I didn't stop for a break or anything like your break is when you drive Driving, yeah. but like most of the time the longest you're in the car for is like tops 10 minutes because mm-hmm. like you, you set your set your uh, route so that you know you do one lap around the city kind of thing so yep. you, you get all the jobs so you're not zigzagging all over the show um so i just eat and drink along the way um <laughs> and i was doing 11 hour days and i wasn't even i didn't train that whole time yeah so for like so i trained all the lockdown and then got to like that and i just stopped training i was just like i was like nah like i was getting, i was too gassed just from work because i had heaps of work lined up from mm. lockdown which was awesome um and then I just didn't train and I think I oh, I lost like four or five clicks mm-hmm. um, I was eating I was still eating good but I was just snacking instead of like I didn't, never had like proper lunch I was mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. a couple of mouthfuls of my lunch between one job then a couple of mouthfuls <laughs> again after and stuff like that and then I'd come back and then and we had like testing and everything like that when you come back like she tested bloody well I think I knocked about six seconds off my bronco and skinnies went down 10 mil and weight was down and yeah, even my strength numbers are still sweet. Like they're they're like the same. So yeah, good, considering good. I had no weights in lockdown, but yeah, and then so and that was mint. That was actually awesome. That was one of the fittest I'd probably just about been actually. Like yeah. I'd go through five t-shirts a day of just sweat. Like <laughs> yum. <laughs> like it was it was full disgusting. I had like ten t-shirts dedicated to work, and they were just on rotation. <laughs> um, and like you'd, you'd have to change your jocks and shorts occasionally as well, just because it's just it, it is like it, it's actually filthy. Eh? Like it's yuck. Like you're wringing sweat out of the shit. Like um, like you're going through like seven eight liters of water a day. Like yeah. without a doubt. And, but no, it's good fun. Love it. So. Good fun. Yeah. So you, you said the sushi and like if the halfback puts the kick up and it goes within the ten years of coffee, is, is, are those two things quite quite good currency in the rugby scene for for yeah. balls and up? Yeah. Sushi, sushi and coffee, like yeah, always on. Or like we like eggs bedding or something like. Oh you know, yeah, like take, take you out for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah but like obviously when you're cutting grass, you have no time for that shit. But hey, like like full rugby season, like yeah, now nah, we we eggs bedding or something like that, or sometimes lunch. Yeah, no. Nah always goes down a treat or you know after golf uh, like Anton if he needs to shout me lunch because he's lost lost to me at golf like up at Cinnamon <laughs> or something like that like what I used to get up there I, used to, oh, I used to get the fritters or something like that up there yeah used to go down a treat that was my so. and so what would your wage of playing golf would it be a hole or the, the game <laughs> oh, no it, so it'd be like be a whole round it would play like say um, handicap match play or something like that or whatever and um Oh, sure. it would often be lunch sometimes occasionally like if there's races on that weekend would be like $50 multi or something like that and yeah well they'd pay it for you 
Sorry? They'd pay the multi for you. Well, whoever lost had to put the multi on. So say say if you played me and I won, yeah. you'd have to... I'd choose a multi, yeah. and you have to go put a $50 multi on my choice of whatever it is. Yeah. And then if it comes in, then we half it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if it loses, it's your 50 bucks. It's off. your 50 You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like that, that, that's the cost of, like, losing. But, um, yeah, no, it was... Um, no, it was usually lunch and lunch and coffee. Yeah, mm, it's usually yeah. usually the wager. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, pull a few kits out of his ass. That's for sure. <laughs> so you, you put you put up the bit the bits there, mate. You were on the uh, mobile start the other day. What's what's your connection with with the racehorses? I actually have the um, to my O'Connor name the infamous Kelly Evander. She raced 152 starts without a place i think it was <laughs> oh my lord it wasn't good had you had the most starts in the season too holy smoke is that in new zealand yeah <laughs> look oh, her up you, kelly kelly have had it brian o'connor you poor thing oh my he, God. he actually he actually um drove her a few times too trained <laughs> trained owned and often driven <laughs> Shit. um yeah no i was on the on the old mobile behind uh was it race eight at eddington oh yeah that's right you're in crossroads <laughs> yeah i popped down in crossroads for a little bit catch up with a few of the guys and stuff down there excuse me and then um yeah oh just went to races down there and um and yeah like through mates and stuff through people you know managed to get on on the old mobile for a race down there that was bloody wicked eh? yeah Um, so did you follow the the trotters and paces or yeah yeah no like follow their mates good fun to watch so um not not thoroughbreds yeah no follow follow it all you follow follow the whole damn lot (laughs) um you're you're a rugby racing and beer type guy yeah no i don't know i just enjoy watching it eh? and following it and like kind of like yeah i don't know i find it pretty intriguing eh? and um how did i get into it i can't even remember i kind of i got into it through one of my cousins i think and he kind of just taught me a wee bit about it and whatnot and um and then just kind of learn learn a bit about it like along the way and yeah no it's it's pretty good to follow and um yeah so, so have you got a syndicate going on or, or what yeah so i got a got a wee horse at the moment so um, yeah like your own one yeah 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 <laughs> so got got shares on a horse and uh, that i had for a wee while now and arnie's army and um just on a spell at the moment actually so um uh she's or he is down in Invercargill at the moment and that, that's yeah. kind of where he's based so um, he's down there in the mighty shithole of New Zealand uh, hey, hey, no, hey. no 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 it was arsehole of New Zealand yeah, yeah. sorry oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but the world in fact huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably yeah yeah um, but hey no he's going right down there and um, and yes yeah, so that's just through a syndicate with off and racing it's um, yeah pretty easy to get into and it's bloody awesome and like awesome like so good for say your joe blog who enjoys watching a race doesn't know too much about it but yeah. cheap for them to just buy into a horse like if you want a percent or something like it's it's so easy to just get into yeah um so yeah highly recommend it and does it get your um, ticket into the birdcage and all that jazz probably probably <laughs> yeah. you have to go um, watch it well, arnie's army yeah so um <laughs> i actually got into cup week actually like you know even though with lockdown and stuff like yeah. i managed to get into tickets to um cup week so like we had, had to buy them that like 150 bucks each or whatever but yeah got along to to cup week it was only a max of like 150 people or something in there um for the races at addington but that was bloody awesome because arnie's army he was actually well his name his stable name's arnold so i just call him that or arnie and um and he was entered in a couple of uh, in a race there but then ended up getting pulled um, just pulled up a bit lame I think it was after his, one of his races the week before or whatever and then um, so 
he didn't race there but got along to that as well and yeah kind of just followed the wee horse he's seen but he's going he's been going pretty good since i owned him he's raced four times he's uh, third in his first race then he won the following week and then he got third i think it was the week following and then had another second so you know four races four top top threes it's you know can't complain too much so he's going pretty well and it's pretty awesome to watch eh um so yeah no pace on feet eh (laughs) oh i don't know about that but (laughs) pretty hard to make ends meet off horses but good to watch i suppose anyway and it's like you know a good way to learn a bit more about it and kind of have something to follow as well eh um so yeah for anyone that's looking to get into the horsey scene and in the old um harness racing then you know, uh, look up often racing with uh, Andrew Fitzgerald, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, have have we read up? And yeah, I think you know you can get you can buy into horses as cheap as a couple of hundred bucks these days. Like yeah, yeah. you know, like say if you wanted to just you know buy a percent or whatever in a horse, like sometimes you can get in for three hundred bucks. You know, so it's it's pretty good and have a bit of fun. Yeah, like you might not exactly make money off it or whatever you, you might if it goes goes well but like you know you're only putting 300 bucks and you can't expect to make 10 grand or anything but mm. um you know it's just something to follow and you know you've got a part of that horse so mm-hmm. yeah cool so going full circle back to the other type of stocks you got the, the dairy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. dairy scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you just do you follow bulls do you follow them? like how does it even work mate? oh yeah, <laughs> yeah no was... do you go to some sales um, raise the finger yeah 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 um i was never allowed to raise the finger myself when i was buying back back in the day it was it was only daddy he was the only money no you get too carried away boy like, you know, <laughs> um, no no it's my money it's all good but um been to a couple of sales before um so yeah been like i don't know through through me old man like um uh, being brought, brought up being quite passionate about genetics and breeding mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Ooh, that side of things so those mines um, specials <laughs> yeah so um I, I went went to the mines or sales i wanted to buy a couple of cows one day and um i think it was about yeah just after i left school and saved up enough money to buy a couple of mines or specials so is what what we call them and uh you yeah, went to the sales there and bought a couple of rising two-year-olds and um yeah kind of from there oh yeah just bought, so bought as a rising two-year-old that's just purely genetics there's, there's no there's no production they hadn't carved yep. before there's no production record yep. or anything like that so you, you're just looking into genetics but more than that you're probably you're looking at the type of the animal like as in um, their well, for anyone that doesn't really understand probably their figure like mm-hmm. where their muscle groups and their bones and their udder and all of that kind of stuff like you know just basically like a good looking animal like and in, in dairy are you looking at the colour uh, yeah you still yeah. are looking at the colours? Yeah, yeah. You know those golden ones? Like, they should not be around, eh? <laughs> jerseys? No, no. Absolutely. Pain in the ass. So you're a freezer uh, man. Yeah, freezer man. So um, I've got my own stud as well. So um, so, I've, so my Holstein, I, I run my freezers through my stud. So uh, my purebred freezers, they, they go through my stud name now. So once... Um, so how that works is basically like it's just on record with the Holstein New Zealand Holstein Frisian and mm-hmm. uh, run me stock through that basically like, isn't just a record of them through that so and so do, um, you, do you get genetics done on that as well or no nah, that's just oh it's just, it, just they're just under a stud now well there's yeah. not much to it really yeah um, I think you pay 50 bucks a year for it or whatever to have it have a stud um, with, with your animals and stuff like registered through them um, and then yeah like being quite into breeding on the like bull side of things and 
um, all the genetics and everything like that, and just matching the right bulls with the right like with the right cows. So, um, like you get all your figures and everything like that, like your production figures. But then you get also like like I suppose the side of things that is probably a little bit harder is being able to uh, physically pair the right animals. So, mm-hmm. like a smaller cow. You can't mm-hmm. just go and put like the biggest bull over the smallest cow. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in terms of live weight of of calves and stuff like that, because all the bulls get all these all these bloody numbers and figures printed out from all their offspring that they've had as well. Yeah, and like will that affect birthing as well? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, if you've got a cow that can't push out like a forty kilo <laughs> live weight calf, like you're gonna have issues. Like if you're yeah. putting putting big live weight bulls over them, and but obviously production's key so you, you're trying to find the perfect balance between production but then also the best statured animal as well and, and is um, that heritable sorry is that very heritable do you get a pretty good yeah, yeah, like, value out of that yeah yeah like you you build into it there's no such thing as a perfect animal like some people would say but you know you're building into it like i've, I've kind of oh, with the whole rugby thing i've kind of like been away from the farm quite a lot the last couple of years so it's been pretty hard to stay in touch with it all but um always have we passion for it and especially on my cows and whatnot but um yeah like it's you're always just trying to find the perfect animal like like not find it but breed the perfect animal mm-hmm. as such and the old man's starting to do really well with that now and what happens eventually is you build up your, your cows get good enough to then get contracted from your bull companies and stuff like that like, like ambridge lic's and stuff and they'll contract your cow and what what to that get, means to get, oh so they get embryos as well yeah you can you can flush animals and yeah. get embryos and stuff as well which sometimes you do if you've got like a real good family line coming through or something like that which my dad does a wee bit of not not massive on the big embryo scene but he does do a bit of it yeah um but yeah like when you get a contract cow basically like if it has a bull calf which is what the embryo companies want yeah. you want heifer calves but they want bull calves which is all good and then like they want the bulls like the the sons for their breeding centers to be able to then breed off them if you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. like that's that's one of my goals to get one of my cows like to be a contracted cow so that you can yeah. then so does that diversify your cow a little bit as well so if you're getting bulls you're getting some money and if you're getting um yeah heifers, then you get, you've got some production yeah yeah exactly and then and and you're breeding it's another generation out of your, out of your cow you know what i mean mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um like you're able to breed another generation so all of a sudden you've bred a better animal yeah 90% of the time you've probably bred a better animal out of that cow um and so like you know herds are just getting better and better all the time and so um yeah whereas if you're getting a bull then that goes off to the breeding or it can go off to the breeding center if it passes all their bloody requirements which you know sometimes they don't but and then it's just worth ends meet really but um yeah like so i think you know there's a couple of options you can do if the breeding companies want want your bull it's like they could buy it outright for five grand wow <laughs> which is you know compared to 150 or 200 bucks at the Animal bull works. sales at the, oh okay yeah. uh, so they go off to like off to the calf sales and stuff like that yeah, yeah. most of the time but compared to that like does so that to be finished yeah so like you've got nothing to do with it basically like yeah. you, you sell it to the uh, to the breeding companies and then um otherwise you have a second option which is what I would do and what my dad does with all his animals which is you uh it's kind of like a lease so you sell or you get two and a half grand they take they take your bull and they you end up getting royalties off all the semen like off Mm -hmm. the straw so say like in in the dairy sector it's called like you 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 have a straw which has the semen in it and that's Mm -hmm. what you um 
get your cows pregnant with basically uh, through AI and then um, so you get royalties off that when, whenever they're sold so often to buy semen from straw it's your top bulls are anything from 16 to 24 dollars a straw mm-hmm. um, so that's that can be what are most shows like 250 300 uh, average herd in the country is around 460 470 oh, cows so yeah. <laughs> multiply that by by that you know it's costing you a few dollars so um, but then like on the other side of things like it's it's only a, it's almost a side hustle as such for, mm-hmm. for most guys anyway that that kind of side of things but um, yeah like if you're if you get a top a, a bull that actually comes through the ranks and he's he does pretty well and then you can get you end up doing all right and you know you can make a few grand off him or or sometimes even more um, if they do pretty well so yeah there's quite a lot to it actually but hey yeah the, econ- the economics of farming, eh? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I love going to the deer sales, eh? Just like looking at all the genetics, seeing what sort of prices go for things. Yeah. Try, yeah. try for, like you say, try to figure out what everyone's looking at, what, what it is about a certain animal that, you know, creates a bidding more and that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's just real, real fun. And you Speaking know. of the stags, actually, um, my grandfather's real good mates with a guy who had the NZ record two years in a row for the heaviest antlers. Oh, wicked. Um, think correct me if i'm wrong i think it must have been in around 13 or 14 kilos would that be right yeah um, i think <laughs> it's a so, it's a big like a, a velvet yeah, yeah yeah velvet so that um so that's off his his stag in like one season obviously yeah um and so he actually <laughs> funny thing is when i was when i was at young farmers i'd actually gone and picked up hay from one day didn't know he was friends with my grandparents and then um <laughs> picked up hay from and you know admired his stags through the fence because he has he only has like thirty odd running around. Like, was oh, that Todd Crowley? Nah, no, I can't. I can't bloody remember his name now. He's an old dog, but oh, okay, yeah, he's an absolute lad. He's just up Tofotty Way. Okay, so he just lives in Tofotty there uh, between Minesville and Cambridge. And what's his name? Yeah, I can't remember now. But um, yeah, he um, he had he's on record for a year, maybe two years in a row. Wow. Um, and some like massive animals, like huge heads on the man. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he was right into his breeding for a long time, and then he just downsized just to his top animals, kind yeah. of thing. So, oh, yeah, wow. but no, that's just my little yarn about, my about the deer. With that. Yeah, I yeah. don't know too much. Need to look into it. Yeah. So, no, awesome, Coxie. Cool. Well, we're running out of light, and the bloody sky's crying again. Yeah, it is. As it does in this place. That's why dairy's so good, eh? <laughs> yeah, and that's why toke's so good, mate. Like, weather's great. <laughs> 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 Shit. it's brilliant for um growing grass and growing trees yeah it is just like being at the beach though like almost <laughs> not quite uh, you know but yeah growing grass making milk growing trees yeah yeah just no. toke through and through for you isn't it what and one other thing but we won't go there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh and kfc yeah no that's I, right that's not too bad no kfc or the um was it ma baker's oh that's right country fried yeah. chicken yeah no that goes well as well yeah but my wee favorite actually used to be east and west fish and chip shop hey eh? okay yeah cheese and mayo there yeah you get like, like a five dollar chip loaded fry top thing cheesy Kinda, cheesy wheezy yeah well that yeah cheesy wheezy's anywhere else but yeah like i don't know they they were the best eh? lot like, east <laughs> east and west fish and chip shop when i was at school you'd go from intermediate um was it inter- yeah whatever we would walk we'd grab like fish and chip like hot chips on the way to footy training and you know <laughs> have a feed of that like carb, load, carb load yeah, it was either that we'll head down to the island church just down the road and yeah. uh, grab, grab a dozen donuts on the way island donuts oh so young actually one of the girls bought those in the other day <laughs> 
I don't know what to think of them really. <laughs> oh, they're just yummy. They're just yummy. Yeah. yeah. So where's the, where's East West Chip Supply? Down on Leith Place there. Leith Place. Oh, right. Right yeah. in town. <laughs> yeah, like right in town. Yeah, yeah. Like that was. That I'm starting was, to learn some roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I haven't been back there for a couple of years actually, but yeah, that was that was my go-to. That was, that was the place. Like you know, get like cheese and mayo on uh, on your chips and it's unreal. Like go to other places. Like I've been elsewhere and sit like oh. It was a damn Tanaki one time with a mate down there, and they had like tomato sauce with it. Oh. It was like mayo, tomato sauce, and cheese. It was disgusting. There's a good cheesy wheezies in, in New Plymouth, um, like right near the um, the ba- the bay that's inside the Boulder Bank. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nah, can't remember what that suburb's called, but yeah, yeah they did good cheesy wheezies. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, one of me faves, but yeah. Anyway, brilliant, bro. Anyway. Thanks for coming along. And no, all good, mate. All good. Wrap it up. Yes, Cheers. Yes. No, thanks. Oh, yeah. you've, you've, never, you've never been on before. No, I haven't actually. So, mate, what what keeps you flowing along? Like, is it just mowing lawns? No, do you have like a, a mantra or a way you live your life? Um, <laughs> no, I kind of just, I used to be a real planned out, organised kind of guy, but like with rugby, like kind of being my life now, it's... I can't really look too much further than like a week or two ahead, you know. Like, yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Like, I just try and have fun and try and make sure I have a good laugh every day and yeah, um, love a bit of banter and you know, like, no, I just just make sure I have a laugh every day. Yeah, like shit, just eat well, feel good, have a laugh. Like shit, what else can you do? Like, Brilliant. you know, just try and be happy. Like. Obviously, you do all these other things you set up in your life to try and make yourself happy, but you know you still got to have a laugh every day, mate. Like, yeah, you know, choose it. A couple of jokes or rip the old man out about something or whatnot. <laughs> like, you know, no, nah, just just laugh, eat well, and feel good. So, yeah, awesome, bro. Thanks for that. No, nah, all good, mate. All Wrap good. it up. Yeah, Legend. cheers, mate. Been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's weird now. They take those off, eh?